I am the one, the only Magnificent Cross, and I am here to bring you 2019. Don't know if I'm watching. Yeah. 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 Looking to the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to blind another edition ambition. of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 166 As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio And various other streaming platforms Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow my co host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And join today for our special uh, annual. This is the for the year 2019 our Dodo Talk Podcast Award Show. Of course, I have the Anti-Cool, and we also have Joy of the Sports Sound Off uh, recording this uh, at a nice time of uh, 10.39 p.m. <laughs> on a Saturday night. My bad. How's everybody doing? <clears throat> I'd like to thank the UFC for taking the week off so that we could film our, our award show, um, yep. and they did this specifically for us. No other reason. Yep, we requested so, uh, Yep, so uh, thank you to uh, Ari Emanuel. Uh, or am I confusing him for his brother? I got the right one. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, and, um, you know, the UFC staff are making this possible. I know. They had to send a couple emails. They understood. Yeah. They yeah. understood. Yeah. Very accommodative. Very, yeah. very. Very, very. Um, well, Joey, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? I guess I'm all right. I guess I'm all right. Award shows are more difficult than you, like, you realize. So you sit and give it some thought. Because I thought I was going to be able to hammer some of these out real quick, and there were a few that were actually kind of tough. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did. My my thought process was I'm going to do a couple of these a day, and then by the end of the week, I'll have my whole list done. And I did like the first two, and then I proceeded to struggle through <laughs> the rest of the entire list. Um, but I made it. This was fun. Made me do a lot of research. Uh, I was forced to remember things that I forgot happened. Um, I'm gonna knock on wood, a particle board, or whatever this little desk I have is made of. Um, that I'm not gonna make any um, blunders in terms of years, because you know I like to nominate things that happened two years ago, because you know that's just how I roll. <laughs> there you go. So I'm gonna try not to do that this time. Uh, I double check my homework, so to speak. So I think I'm good. Um, Charles Stokes, he couldn't be here with us. But uh, he's here in spirit. We'll give him an award <laughs> for something. <laughs> he's an award. We'll, we'll give him an award. We, we no, need... well, you know though, you got to mention him during the the Darren Elkins award. That was oh yeah, funny. no, I'm absolutely going yeah. to. That was funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, we we should just have a award named after Stokes. We just have to qualify what the award is for. Oh, I, I got an idea. <clears throat> no, I can't work. I was just saying whoever beats like the most convincing win over a team alpha male guy could do this. <laughs> I can't do that. 
the team well, alpha male fighter who has the best year. Just the has the best year. So Andre Feely, congratulations! You got the Stokes Award. <laughs> hey, right here. Get your custom. Get your your plaque. Your plaque is in the mail. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, as if you guys uh, can't tell already, award show episode. We'll be recapping the the best and the worst. Some of the worst of uh, combat sports this year. Uh, we have uh, 14, is it? 14 categories uh, that we will go through. Um, hopefully this doesn't take a lot of time, but I can't promise you anything. We'll, we'll try to make this uh, happen in orderly fashion, but, you, you know, we go on side tangents and rambles, so, you know, be prepared for that also. But uh, we'll kind of just flow through this episode. Um, we're not going to go through news and notes. You know, we'll save that for, for, for next week. But it's a war show, man. We can be loose, just kind of go off the cuff, but still somewhat stick to the script. But all the other formalities, is we'll go through all that later. Sure. Next week. Next week. This week, strictly for awards and, and all of that. Um, I guess Please. before we actually yeah. do these, I was just going to ask real quick. Um, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it all fair, but just to rehash. Um, how... How hard was it to come through with some of these? Like, did it? Did you breathe through this pretty quick, or did you get stuck on a lot of them? Uh, how, how, how did that go? I only got stuck on like two or three. Um, the the rest were not like uh, difficult, but it was just like, all right, do do I remember everything? Um, but, like, Submission of the Year, for example, was one that was like, wait, are there really only, like, two or three nominees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to do some extra research for that one. Yeah, it's, yeah. A bit, it's been a very unfortunate year for Jiu-Jitsu. I believe so. this was the UFC's uh, lowest submission rate since, like, the, since, like, the Fox era began. Yeah. Lowest submission rate and highest decision rate per fight. Mm. Need to start just snatching dudes up from the IBJJFs and just throwing them in there with kickboxers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that like in Jurassic Park when they throw the lamb into the uh, T Rex cage or whatever it is? Uh, yeah. Friggin' give me Bouchasha versus Rico Verhoeven. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do the Hari rematch first. The trilogy. Lord. His yeah. leg is going to be gone for a while. Got a new one. Hard should have got an award. I wish I could have gave him an award. If he had an award, be like you were almost there. Award, like <laughs> you know what though? That would actually be like the most, <laughs> the most like defeated. How would we describe that? Because actually, that's kind of an interesting topic. Like the the uh, defeat from the jaws of victory award, where like the closest to winning, and then it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then you just didn't win. That, oh, that's a good category. I might have to write that down for next year. That yep. might. That's a good category. I like that. There we go. Mark that down for next year. You you were almost there, award. <laughs> <laughs> you, Perfect. You were almost there. <laughs> oh man, but um, I think the only one of these I struggled with was 
Yeah, the comeback, uh, Darren Elkins award was kind of hard because I couldn't remember a lot of comebacks off the top of my head. We're just sitting here, and I just thought of a comeback, and I got to add it to the list. Go on, continue. Mm. Thank you, sir. And the prospect of the year, the Young Padawan Award. I literally flipped back and forth on this one literally up until probably about 4 o'clock today. And then you changed the rules. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then I, yes, sense. I did. And I'll explain that when we get there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to y'all for the Young Padawan Award. I'll probably accept any answer you give me. Because what is a prospect in 2019? I'm telling you. I, I told you. Yoel Romero <laughs> is just reaching his peak. Yeah. <laughs> like, at this point, if you guys want to switch out your, young pro- your prospect of the year, I'm not going to argue any answer you have. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, nobody knows what a prospect is. Yoel, Yoel Romero. There's something <laughs> prime. You know, some guys have multiple primes. Right. Uh, but no, this was fun. It was fun uh, to do. Uh, had to jog the memory memory bank a bit, but I, I not not to just like you asked how hard it was. Just for me personally, I think the hardest thing is providing context to certain things because there were performances where they're like flawless victory performances where you just look at it and, and there's nothing wrong with it and it's an amazing performance. But contextually, does it matter compared to the guy in the main event or the guy in the co-main or the under you know, the guy fighting the champion. So they were like, that was a really difficult decision because everything has its own context and in MMA, everything kind of can be compared to one another. And so you have to sort of make a priority list yourself before you start naming off these awards. Right. So, cause that was really hard for me with performance of the year. Cause there were so many great performances that you just, you have to choose what matters most to you. Great point. And I'm probably going to struggle with uh, explaining <laughs> <laughs> some of my, Oh, no, I might be all right. I might be okay. Tell well, me about say... hot takes coming up. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Things. That was going to be my next question before we get started. Do you, you have any... Uh, apparently, I know I have one hot take for KO of the year. Um, do you think you have any hot takes yeah. on, on yours? Got it. Okay, here we go. Uh, only, like, the one I told you off air, that would be one. Um, I imagine my fighter of the year, just the, the criteria I use is the hot take, so. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm doing these uh, awards in the way that I have them listed on the sticky note, which means we're pretty much going through the heavy hitters, like, right out the gate. Um, so the way this will work, um, I will list or name the award. Um, you can run through, like, your nominees or your runner-ups first, and then, uh, you know, name whoever won the award, and then, you know, if you want to give a little spiel about why they won, you can give them a spiel, and then we will, you know, keep it moving. <coughs> All right, so we're going to start off, uh, like I said, we're going going straight out the gate with the heavy hitters. Um, no, I should have thought of an order we could do this in. Too late um, now, buddy. We're on the air. Yeah, it's too late. We're <laughs> on the air, baby. We're live, as Jim Ross would say. Well, you know what? I just thought of it. You're, you're the guest. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, perfect. Um, but I'll, I'll introduce the award. So, okay. Uh, kicking it off. Fight of the year. <laughs> Hey, Joey, show your bias right out the gate. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, just because there's one real winner, but my winner is not the real winner. Like, my runner-ups were, uh, I really, really, really like, maybe it's hindsight. I did. I went over my thing the night of, the night after UFC 245. I really like Covington and Usman as a fight. Like, all jokes aside, I think if you make a fight, you would combine all of those elements of having a personal rivalry with what was a really great fight with a satisfying conclusion at the end of it, so to speak. So that was on my list. 
Israel Adesanya, Kelvin Gastelum, I'm imagining that's going to be everybody's fight of the year. Respect it. It kind of wasn't for me because my fight of the year, it had to be uh, Yoel Romero against Paulo Costa at UFC 241. Mm. Just because if you combined everything that makes me happy as a fight fan, that was it. That, that was like, that was it for me. It's like the, <laughs> if you drew two guys up from my imagination to be MMA fighters, it would look like those two guys. <laughs> and then if you said like, okay, well, what's the fight going to look like? It would look like that. Just like two cartoon slabs of beef slamming into one another at close frequencies. And then you throw in all the dick moves. Like a minute into the fight, you got both guys knocked down and then a low blow. And then after the low blow, you got an eye poke. And then there's like another eye poke on the back end of the first round. And then, and then the... What's up? And then you remember pointing. Yeah. And then in the, <laughs> third, in the third round, the round begins, and Paulo Costa marches out, does the Yoel Romero salute to him, and then hits him like six times. It's like, that's the kind of fight you just like, that's my fight. A cartoon fight. That, yeah. That fight was made for, specifically for Joey. Basically, if you drew up like a, if you drew up a fight for me, and let's be fair, though, it probably was, about, it was the best fight of the year to me. I also had uh, Ferguson Cerrone on the list as well. Uh, more for the personal story of Tony Ferguson, which we'll discuss later, I guess. But yeah, Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa, Pax in the mail, baby. There we go. <clears throat> All right, I'll, uh, I'll go up second. Uh, my runner-ups for fight of the year. Uh, <laughs> Angela Lee versus Jing Jinan. Uh, the first one, uh, and boxing, uh, Ju Khan versus uh, Jesus Rojas, uh, Errol Spence Jr. versus Sean Porter, and my last runner-up was Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, but my winner for fight of the year, um, as Joey already said, for me it was Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. Um, but I was just like in awe just watching that fight. And this is the only fight I can say I rewatched this fight a, a number of times, and there was one of the times where I rewatched it, and I like got like I felt like emotional watching the fifth round, and I've never felt that before. Like watching, like I felt something. Like I was just watching Adesanya put on this performance, and like I just I was moved. I was really moved. I've never felt that before watching the fight, and that that alone, I was like, no, this is. I feel something special every time I watch this fight, and I don't know what it is, but there was something about his performance that was that was one of the best fifth rounds I think I've ever I've ever seen in my life. It was just I was in in amazement watching that fight. It was it was everything, um, and just the fact that like Adesanya to me kind of <clears throat> completed the climb. Like he came over to the UFC. We, we knew the talent he had, but there were still questions in the beginning, like, well, you know, are we rushing him too quick, so on and so forth. The man answered every question. The competition got tougher. He got better. And that just, like, completed the climb. And it was just like, I, I'm never, I can't question him anymore. He's answered every critique I've, I've had. And that fight proved to me all the other questions I had about him were, were silenced in that fight. So for me... Uh, fight of the year, Israel Adesanya uh, versus Calvin Gaston. <clears throat> All right. So, if there was a fight made for me this year, uh, it was 
Michelle Pereira versus Tristan Connolly. <laughs> I just killed because that had everything I love about MMA. <laughs> One guy who's undersized and just has no like just straight up is not a very good athlete fighting a guy who's literally just an athlete. Backflips, just uh, that 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 was. We don't get many fights like that anymore, and it's a damn shame. Um, but uh, my short list also had uh, Holloway, Poirier, and Romero Costa on it, but I ducked points because the guy I wanted to win lost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that Poirier fight might have ruined Holloway for like the rest of his career. It's a good conversation uh, to have some other time. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, uh, uh, Usman Covington made the shortlist. Uh, Cejudo Marais made the shortlist. Um, uh, 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 over in boxing, uh, Heard versus Williams. Uh, AJ versus Ruiz won. Uh, Taylor Price. Uh, Spence Porter. Not in the way. Um, Donaire. But number one overall, Izzy Gaslam. Um, just uh, it, it's what you want in MMA. Like you want the guy, uh, you want a guy like Kelvin Gaslam to, and uh, a guy like Israel Asanya to step up to the, uh, uh, you know, step it up when they are given an opportunity to, you know, win the title. Um, <clears throat> I I really can't say anything that says I didn't already say. I answered so many questions about Izzy, um, and. I, uh, given what happened with Gaslam afterwards in the Till fight, um, you know, I'm not sure how much the fight says about Gaslam beyond that he's very tough and can be very creative if you give him the opportunity. Um, but I, I, it, it was a, it, it was a performance that will probably be the benchmark for uh, Ga, uh, Gaslam's career. So, and he does have a really solid career thus far. So, you know, props down for that. Um, so yeah, no, great, great, great fight. Best fight in uh, middleweight history, uh, UFC title history anyway. So, props. Boom. Easy there we go. Have, there we go. That wasn't too hard. Now, real quick, not gonna, not a super long conversation here. Boxing-wise, does Pacquiao-Thurman fall into the best fight to be your combo? Because uh, it for me. I don't know about you guys. No, because I have no sentimentality for Pacquiao anymore. And Keith Thurman looked really bad in that fight. Understood. Respect. To be completely honest, I remember that fight in very, very small fragments. <laughs> so I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. But I do remember thinking that, too, that Thurman didn't look all that great. Yeah, he looked- I think I wasn't excited for that fight in general. So, like, when I even got around to watching it, I just wasn't, like, I mean, it was it, it was an entertaining fight. Um... It's just, uh, uh, I've always had like issues with Thurman's activity, but like he just shut off in that fight. If I'm remembering right, I, I like, do believe he broke his hand at some point. Yeah, that might have been it. Uh, maybe I'm just a sucker for the 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 old guy, old dudes doing. I mean, hey, that's why I gave them an award. There we go. That's why, that's why I give them a category. Okay, I'm 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 ready for a, spit, a fist fight on that one, legitimately. <laughs> All right, 
moving on, moving on. Second category, fighter of the year. Uh, <clears throat> Antaku, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you kick this one off. All right. So, um, I, I, I guess I should explain my criteria. I don't care about um, star power. I don't care about narrative. I don't care about um, and in you know person. I, I try to put my personal bias aside. Um, and it, it really shows here because my fighter of the year beat two of my favorite fighters. So um, I, it's strictly who you beat in the cage, when you beat them, and how you beat them. And for me, I think, uh, and I, I was gung ho on Israel Adesanya up until like a week ago. Uh, for me, it was Alexander Volkanovsky. Dude beat the two best featherweights uh, in the history of the division inside of a year. Mm. And I think beating Jose Aldo in 2019, at least a Jose Aldo that's fighting at featherweight, um, says a lot more than beating Anderson Silva and Kelvin Gaslam. That's that's basically what it came down to. Who are your uh, runner-ups? Oh, so runner-ups, uh, Israel Asanya, Henry Cejudo, and a dude who I have not seen on many other people's lists, Kamaru Usman. He's on mine, so. Yeah. Um, and then at number five, I have Jorge, Jorge Masvidal, so. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get mad, people. <laughs> I like that. I like that pick, no. Volkanovski definitely had a, definitely had a huge year. And he will be turning up later. So, you know, foreshadowing. All right. Uh, Joey, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll, I'll sit this one out till last. I see. So my criteria for fighter of the year is, is it's been pretty consistent. I kind of came up with it in about 2015 or so, 2016. Whenever Bisping had his big run, um, it's quantity. I always will give an edge to guys who fight consistently. You know, if you have three or more fights, probably the best for me. Quality, who are you beating? Who have they beaten? Um, even if they're not the snazziest name, are they quality competition? Do people respect them, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, priority. If you're a guy who's the third or fourth fight on a card and you win a lot, it doesn't mean as much to me as if you're the guy who's in the main event or the co-main event consistently. I do think that those fights should carry a special weight. They are, to me, that to me they're priority fights. Fights that you make it a priority to go see. So if you're one of those guys having priority fights and you're winning, I tend to give you the nod. Um, <clears throat> and finishing rate, you want guys who finish fights. Quality of fights, if you're having dull fights, you're probably not going to be on this list. Uh, and story, I'm a sucker for a great story. Michael Bisping was a great story when he won it. Um, Amanda Nunes was a great story the year that I, I had her as my fighter of the year. So I, I always try to keep it a little bit consistent in that regard. The story matters. Who you are matters. My runner-ups were Douglas Lima, Kamaru Usman, Israel Adesanya, Henry Cejudo, although you can, I, I have them out of order, but Izzy would be number two because he fought more than Cejudo. And number one, I have Jorge Masvidal. Quantity, I think we can agree that Darren Till's a great fighter. Um, ben Askren, I mean, quantity, he fought three times, so he's covered that. Quality, I kind of like Askren, Till, and Diaz a bit more than... Uh, Anderson Silva, 
Kelvin Gastelum and uh, Robert Whitaker just because I still don't know what's going on with Whitaker. You know, I, I don't know what's left of him. So I think that kind of cancels out. Although I, I respect anybody who has Adesanya there. Uh, priority fights, he got two main events. And I think his, so his third fight was like a, the third fight on the July card, which is a big deal. Uh, finishing great. Finished all three dudes. And the story is pretty cool. I think the story matters here. So I can respect somebody looking at Adesanya's story as the guy who came in with the kickboxing background and the UFC signed him. And within like a year and change, he kind of ran through everybody. I have a lot of respect for that. But for me, Masvidal's story of being kind of the journeyman guy who's like the fourth fight on the card, rising up the rankings. He gets a main event spot where he's the he's the opponent for the local guy and KOs him. And then he's the guy who's supposed to make Askren look good and he KOs him. And then they have a cash-out fight in MSG. He sells up the place against Diaz and beats him. So I fell in love with the story there. So that's why I went with Jorge Masvidal. The long-winded explanation. Not bad. I actually, before I did this, I was reading like a lot of other websites to see what other people were picking. And to be honest, there were only two names I was seeing, and he was one of them. Which is weird, he, because he, I thought Douglas Lima had a hell of a year, too. Yeah. 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 I, Shame I, on you if you didn't at least give Douglas Lima like a mention on your list. Because he, he definitely had <laughs> a year worth of note. I, I think that just comes down to like... Um, like, what quality is Rory McDonald now, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I think most of the guys on this list, except for Henry Cejudo, Kamara Usman, and Volkanovski, have a win where it's like, what's left of that guy? And even Volks, I mean, if you want to be honest, you can look at Holloway and say, like, oh, what's left of Holloway? Because I think Aldo's still pretty solid, all things considered. And just to give the, the Anna Cole even more credit for his pick, if you want to go December to December, Volkanovski has wins over three of the top five, six featherweights of all time. Yeah. Because like... he got Mendez in, in December of 2018. Which I had told Anna Cole, if, if he fights Chad Mendez on January 1st, he's the lock for fighter of the year. But we've got a time frame to work within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, for me, fighter of the year, uh, my runner-ups were Henry Cejudo, uh, Patricio Pitbull, Alex Pereira, Douglas Lima, and Kamaru Usman. Uh, but my winner of fighter of the year was Israel Adesanya. Um, not really going to rehash <laughs> what I've already said about him, but just, just to kind of reiterate to me, like, he just, well, I guess now I can mention the Whitaker fight. If you had any additional questions... <laughs> after the Gaston fight the Whitaker fight like he just kind of mollywopped Whitaker and like that completed that completed the climb like that completed that was the stamp of the journey like if that was <laughs> if that was like an anime series that was the last episode like alright I fight the final boss who was like the guy before I got here and I kind of mopped him up like what else do you want from me <laughs> like I came over here from, from kickboxing, albeit he did have some MMA experience, but as we said before, like Melvin Gallard, like, man. Melvin Gallard at 185. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, you know, you had experience, but, eh. but, you know, the man answered all the questions, and then it just kind of the whole narrative around him, like, he's, he's really kind of, on top of him just delivering in these performances, he's putting on, like, these amazing fights, 
he's really like we've kind of witnessed like a star be born like and there were there were moments that maybe you thought like oh he's eventually going to slip up and not to say i mean he's eventually going to lose everybody gets gets got at some point but he's been flawless up to this point and yeah i, I don't know what else you want like the man just we, we we just we literally just watched the star be born this year and i i think out of uh, but I, I respect the Masvidal choice. I do. Because I, I could honestly see the same kind of rationale going into him. Like, I guess the only difference being, like, obviously Masvidal's been around for so long and he kind of, he's finally, like, kind of just now getting his due. But I feel like they both, him and Izzy, just both kind of, like, just, like, broke out of nowhere. Or not out of nowhere, but they just kind of really established themselves on the forefront of the sport. Um but, like, Izzy's, to me, like, his performances have just been, like, amazing to watch. Um, and, you know, captured the belt, undisputed. So, for that, uh, I will have him as fighter of the year. Um, so, I'm going to go back to back. <laughs> I'm going to do this KO of the year because I know uh, I'm going to get roasted and fine. I'm ready to get uh, <laughs> uh, hit with shrapnel and tomatoes. It's fine. It's fine, guys. <laughs> it's fine. Apparently, uh, I have the hot take on this one. But, KO of the year. Uh, my runner-ups runner ups were uh, Douglas Lima's uh, sweeping uppercut <laughs> of MVP. Uh, Mavlid Kabulaev's flying knee of Damon Jackson. Um, Jorge Masvidal's flying knee of Ben Askren. Uh, and Martin Wynn's flying knee over, uh, boy, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Naranchu, Naranchu Lungad Jadamba. Um, all amazing KOs. This is always, every year, like, the hardest category. There's so many great KOs. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, the MMA promotions in, like, the smallest country that you've never heard of probably has KO of the year, and we'll probably never hear about it because it just, like, wasn't on YouTube. But <laughs> um, my KO of the year is going to, is gonna be... Uh, Hopefully I don't butcher this gentleman's name. Uh, Davy Galone's Rolling Thunder of Ross Pearson. Oh, oh, I can respect that. Okay, and, okay. Yeah, that's that's my KO of the year. And I wrestled. For me, it was a three way between the Rolling Thunder, Lima Sweep slash Uppercut, and Masvidal's Flying Knee. Um, and I had the X out Masvidal's Flying Knee only because, and I get it. He did it in history record time. It was against a guy that not a lot of people liked, so I feel like that helped him out a lot. <laughs> like, people just wanted to see Askren lose. But we've seen flying knees before. You know what? That's fair. Lima, Lima almost got it because the setup to that KO was beautiful. Like, that sequence of him tripping out MVP's feet from underneath him and then the, just following up with the uppercut gorgeous it's beautiful to watch but a rolling thunder ko like we see people throw rolling thunders some people hit air sometimes you might land it not many people that i can think of are getting flat out and this was like flat out ko like if you didn't see this ko ross pearson was dead like gone gone from earth for however long he was knocked out now, he got was launched he? yes <laughs> like he got rolling thundered and his body like flew across the cage. 
I've never seen that before. So because I've never, I had to give this KO the year because I've I've never seen, I've never seen somebody get KO'd from a Rolling Thunder. Or if I have it, it, it didn't look like this. It did not look like this. Um, but I respect the flying knee. I, I I'm not gonna argue against it. I understand while it's probably everybody's KO of the year. But when I saw that Rolling Thunder, I was like, mm, that's that's gonna be it for me. I don't think it's gonna get much. And I hate that it had to be Ross Pearson. But you know, I mean, if it wasn't Ross Pearson, we might have never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it kind of had to be Ross Pearson. Yeah, some uh, sacrifices this have a, to be made. I guess this is what you get for going to boxing. If there's a guy <laughs> who's gonna get Rolling Thunder, it would probably be Ross. Ross yeah. Pearson or like Diego Sanchez. It was short list. Ross yeah. Pearson probably woke up and was very upset that he didn't win the decision. <laughs> Goodness gracious! <laughs> but, <laughs> but Davy, uh, Davy Galone or Gallon, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, his Rolling Thunder versus Ross Pearson—that is my KO of the year for 2019. Mm. Uh, right. Guess uh, Anakul, let you uh, go up next. All right, all right. So my rant, um, it. I'm gonna I'm do two. I'm gonna cheat. Because there's like we were talking about before the podcast, there's always that one KO that's on some prelim in like, I don't know, like a Wichita or whatever. Right. <laughs> that's just pure style. And the other opponent's just like completely overmatched. But it's too good not to count. And I have that KO. Um,. It is. I, I think. I think Joey hinted at it before we started recording. Um, it is Raymond Daniels hitting <laughs> <laughs> a, a jumping, spinning seven twenty <laughs> right hook. On I don't even know this dude's name. Um, hold on. It, it was Barrios. Barros. Uh, I don't have it written down there. Ah, uh, yes. Wilker Barros at Bellator, Birmingham. Now, Barros is zero. I don't know if he has like a kickboxing background, but he's zero and zero in MMA, and he had absolutely no business being in the ring with, uh, with Raymond Daniels, who is, you know, a very accomplished kickboxer. But that's just pure style right there. Come on. Unfair. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, but for as for like quality, uh, for runner-ups, I had Lima versus MVP because it was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Masvidal Askren because it was funny. <laughs> Pettis Wonderboy, Masvidal mm. Till. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, do, 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 oh. and for number one, I have to give it to Jessica Andrade over Rose Namajunas. Oh, because we don't get slam KOs too often, and just the amount of I, 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 what would you call it, butt hurt that went over like with people saying that it was an illegal slam right. elevates this to the top for me. Um, 
how this might be uh, uh we might be talking about this fight later again but i don't know we don't see too many ko's anymore we need more of those Just people tossing people out the cage clams are important they are they definitely are so <laughs> my ko of the year is not ruined here's why I thought everybody was going to pick Masvidal versus Asker. <laughs> so I went with Masvidal versus Till because it was the other Jorge Masvidal KO. That was my KO of the year. Now it's ruined. Now it looks dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my runner-up. See, I, I, you, tried, you, tried, you tried to pick your hipster choice. I tried to be slick with it and paid for it. <laughs> okay, so I my two runner-ups that were obscure as hell. Uh, Christian Edwards against Cesar Gutierrez from Bellator. Edwards is a John Jones prospect, prodigy, whatever training partner, whatever you want to use. He's a heavy, a light heavyweight who had a head kick that like took the dude off the ground and <laughs> almost sent him like flying across the cage, like he had been force punched. Uh, another one is Jeremy Miado against Lee Town Now from one from one FC. I'm, I'm a sucker for flying knees. Uh, Jan Blahovic against Luke Rockhold. Just because, mm. if, again, if we're grading fin- if we're grading KOs on humor, it's hard to top a guy saying that if a guy like Jan Blahovich beats me, I need to retire. Uh, <laughs> getting his jaw smelted in <laughs> different ways. Uh, with a check hook. Uh, and, and, and the one that I was really kind of iffy on, I don't know how you guys felt about this one, but Jessica I against Valentina Shevchenko. For a bit, it was my KO of the year. But then I kind of, like, I, I think KOs of the year are like you enjoy the violence, so to speak, and the style. Yeah, that one was uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, it was, oh wow, that was really cool for a second, and then you're like, oh wow, there's a problem here. Yeah. So yeah. it's on Sorry, my list Shifzenko. because it has to be, but I was very uncomfortable with it. She hit Jessica yeah. eye so hard that she changed gyms and then proceeded to forget <laughs> about her old gym. I think you know a KO is bad when they, they, they cut to the Cormier shot and he's just like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and he just, he felt so bad. Yeah. I'm Sorry, Chef the... Sanko. We, we, we love violence, but that, you did too much. <laughs> you, went, you went overboard. When you start feeling bad, like, like <clears throat> genuinely bad. Yeah. Oh, that, that's going to make me, oh, God. That's going to make me, <laughs> that, that's gonna make me feel bad about an award later, but uh-huh. I, I can't change it. Uh, it's fine. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> oh boy. Mm. Well, at least we all had different picks. Oh. Uh, yeah, y'all made me look dumb too. How about that? <laughs> yeah, you're the one who picked the you don't pick a Hori Masvidal KO, so True. I'm sure it'll be fine. And the Till KO was amazing in in London. Darren Till fell like a tree that didn't chop down. And yeah. When you're that tall, you have to fall that way. I think we made yeah. it even, I hate to use the term funnier, but. I mean, uh, it was funny. Masvidal was like invited to speak at like a high school. And so they showed the KO. And it's the, the most uh, like surreal thing to see like a whole room of kids pop for a dude. Like, <laughs> dude basically gener- tree falling. Dude, these kids grew up on World Star and Instagram fights. They'll be true, fine. true. These, 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 these kids are going home and logging onto YouTube and watching street beefs. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I, was, I, think I was joking. <laughs> Is that the one Jen Fulver is the rest for? Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's the one where you win and you get a pair of shoes. <laughs> They're not giving out families like like we are. 
Look. Behind. Uh, yeah. Barbecue Fight League 20, uh, 22. 22. We're going to take some time, build up some capital, and, uh, yeah. I know. People are still investing in one in PFL. We have a shot. We have every shot in the world. We're just going to wait for when that UFC roster crunch comes. They got to start axing dudes. They're going to start doing two cards a week. Like a 185 and up, man. We got you. DJ Penn's got a shot. You have a home. <laughs> Does John DJ Jones... Penn bring the farm sickle with him? Can he fight with that? Or is that not <laughs> no, B, no. B, BJ, no. He has the wanted poster already. Oh. I don't need <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I will not be held liable for anything that BJ does. BJ is not a. BJ is not a tough dad. He is a. He is a crazy uncle. Yeah. He's the irresponsible uncle that the mom doesn't want you hanging around. Now I'm exactly. actually thinking about this. Like, I think. I think you just recreated everything. What if instead of weight classes, we just have like family member categories, <laughs> <laughs> like tough dad division, crazy uncle division. Um, sauced grandpa division. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I'll see you out here. Stepdad. Oh man. Eager, dad to, pr- eager to prove himself, stepdad. Uh, sports dad division. There we sports go. Dad division. <laughs> Just gets really upset. The little league coach. Soccer mom division. Oh man. We just created a whole empire right here. We did. Oh, we got to save this for off here. They're gonna take our stuff. Yeah. Right, let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Antico, I'll let you kick this one off. Uh, submission of the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, you know what? I, I I have three here, and they were the only three of note to me, but I also probably missed like a million of them, so if, you know, call me out on the ones I missed. So I have three listed, and I'm going to just choose one at random to be my submission of the year. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. So I have Andrew Tennyson's Gogo Plata from LFA sixty six. Um, that that's an honorable mention. I have Bryce Mitchell's Twister as an honorable mention. Um, he gets points not because his nickname is Thug Nasty. I see. Mm. We deduct points for that here. Um, mm. <laughs> and I have to give it up to the guy who used the technique of my people, Misha Serkinov. Submitting Jim Crute via Peruvian necktie. Oh, God. Those yeah. are two of my three, so we're indeed due to... Not, not against Crute, man. Of course against Crute. Oh, my God. You know what? Um, Joey, I'm going to let you go because I might switch my answer on the fly. All right. Well, I got Misha Serkinov against Jimmy Crute with the Peruvian necktie. Uh, Gary Tonin with a heel hook and one FC. Put that on the list. Uh, and my winner is Bryce Mitchell with the Twister. You don't see it often. Um, just just one of those weird things, and like anti cool said, there are so many cards. There's got to be some dude who got like a weird bulldog choke kind of gimmick I'm, thing. I mean, didn't what's her face get one not too long ago? Yeah, yeah, in in, in Korea, I forgot her name. Um, it was shit. like a side headlock. Yeah, Amanda Rebus, not Amanda Rebus. Um, See if, if if Super Fight League was still around. Oh, it would be nothing with bulldog chokes and like Canadian <laughs> cripple cross faces and rings of Saturn. It'd just be dudes in headlocks, boxing crabs, sharpshooters. Oh, I, I I really want to see a sharpshooter get pulled off somehow. That would definitely happen in the Super Fight League. <laughs> Some dudes just really into Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> 
one of the guy taps him like he's not even like in pain, but he's just yeah, going with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I don't, it's something about what y'all just said just juggled my mind. Now, now I'm down deep to think about it. Like, well, then the the guy who does the sharpshooter has the sharpshooter put on him, but he doesn't tap out. But they ring the bell anyways. Like now we're going deep into wrestling lore. So go on, continue. All right, so I'm going to do a real-time uh, switcheroo. Perfect. Um, so all of these, I'm, my original <laughs> submission of the year until about two seconds ago uh, was Bryce Mitchell's twister against Matt Sales, but that is now a runner-up. Uh, my other runner-ups were Demetrius Johnson's guillotine versus Yuya Wakamatsu, uh, Andrew Tennyson's Gogo Plata versus Weston Wilson, uh, and Patrick Mix's uh, Suliyov Stretch versus Isaiah Chapman. Um, but I'm going to give this submission of the year, not because there were other submissions that were definitely better than this, but this is a submission that in 2019, uh, people should not be getting caught with, but they do. Um, Von Fluchuk from uh, Ovin St. Peru uh, <laughs> versus, uh, Michelle, oh, I can't say this last name. Oleanchik, oh, oh, something like that. Oh, oh yeah, Oleanchik. Um. When you watch Ovin St. Pru tape, if there's one thing you know to look out for, just one thing, you know it's the Von Flute choke. Like, you gotta know that that's the one thing. I don't know how people are still getting caught by this, but it's happening. In all fairness, he made, he, like, he made, uh, oh, um, Michelle, or how the hell you say his name, he, he made him put his arm over his head. He just grabbed it. He's like, no, you're going to try to get it to me. <laughs> but it's just like... It's the spot, brother. It's like... Like, you know, it's like it's a special move that you know he's going to do when he gets his energy meter charged up. And like, just... <laughs> <laughs> and like dude, just still getting caught with... The fact that, that uh, Ovin St. Pru is still pulling this off, I'm giving him submission of the year. Because I just feel like people shouldn't be getting caught by this anymore, but he's still pulling it off, so... I'm going to give Ovin Sepru's uh, Von Fluchok uh, submission of the year. I'm all right. I'm kind of surprised oh. none of us put uh, Maya Askren. I thought about it, but I also did not see that fight, so I can't even. I, I would be lying to the audience. I'm not going to lie, that did not cross my mind at all. I thought about it, just never thought. Guys are awful. How dare, how dare you disrespect Damian Maya like this? I want you to oh, give him one reason fight? to stay The fight was great. <laughs> One reason no, to stay up to watch a Singapore card. And that fight was great. Headlined that by Maya awesome. Askren. No, I'm not listening to it. Sorry. Y- y'all don't pay great. me enough. <laughs> Go back and watch. You don't pay me enough. Respect old man Maya, man. That fight was great. You don't pay me enough. None <laughs> of you pay me enough for this. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to head off the next one. Another, uh, another big award. Uh, performance of the year. Um, this was actually pretty hard. I, I kind of flip-flopped on this one for a while, too. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, Antico, you almost made me switch my pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay firm on what I have. Uh, my runner-ups were uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, um, Patricio Pitbull's uh, performance against Michael Chandler, um, Cedric Dumbay's performance against Haruka Gregorian, and Jack Hermanson's performance against Jacare Souza. Wow, I did not even um, remember that one, but that was really great. Damn. That was actually the first one that popped in my head. Damn, you stole but, mine. Really? Well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't win it. Well, no, he, he, that he was stole the first my honorable mention of. that I, I thought nobody else would remember but me. 
Oh no, I remember because that that one hurt my heart because I love John Corey and I was like, he's really getting bested by <laughs> a guy named Jack. <laughs> a guy named Jack is beating up John Corey. What is this? <laughs> but um, my performance of the year is gonna go to uh, Kamaru Usman versus Tyron Woodley. Um, dude, he mopped the floor with this man for five. Like he just. I wasn't surprised that he won, but I didn't think it was going to be such a, just a, a paddling, like, like, (laughs) I thought, all right, we'll get some, you know, we'll get some competitive moments out of Woodley, he might crack him hard one time, or he might stuff a takedown or two, no, like, Usman really bullied this man for five rounds, just... And I get it, like, Woodley has shown that he's not the best when you're able to pressure him. But I didn't, I just, I didn't think he was going to get ran over like that. Like, Usman really big broed him and just took his belt. Um, so I, I'm going to give Usman, because I, I wasn't expecting that fight to be such a wash. Um, but I got to say, boy, oh boy, Volkanovski was so close. Like, he was right there, man. I really wanted to give it to him, but um, I wanted to I wanted to stick firm with my first choice, so I'm gonna give it to Usman over Woodley. But Volkanovski was right there, man. He was right there. Um, but that is my performance of the year. Yeah. Respectable, respectable. Um. So I had, uh, I guess my honorable mentions. Um. One just says JJ. What is JJ? <laughs> Joanna. Oh, John Jones. No, no, you lost. I'm going. I'm, it's not my. I'm not going to put it there. Yes. I, I don't know what the hell it means. It just says JJ. JJ. I, I think it was Joanna and JJ. Was that a world star fight? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless you meant JJ versus uh, Watterson. That, that, That's that what I was kind of thinking of. The Jack like I, I, I don't think I'd put that on my list. Jeff Jarrett? Uh, you, know, a... <laughs> you know, ignore, ignore JJ. Um, okay. Honorable mentions, Khabib versus Poirier. Um, Hermanson versus Jacare. Uh, Edwards versus RDA. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was that type of year. And... Uh, <laughs> my, my number one overall was uh, Volkanovski versus uh, Max Holloway. Um, oh. I, I think this fight solidified like Volk as maybe like the smart. Like I don't know if it's him or City Kickboxing or well, it's obviously some combination of both. Just like the smartest team currently operating in MMA, where I don't think anybody went into that fight thinking that he, he was going to employ the game plan he did, where he was going to just take away Max Holloway's jab, which is one of the best jabs in the sport. And just make him pay for trying to throw volume. Um it, it, all while leading. Like he like not only was he able to counter, but he was able to lead uh, at certain points of fight and just like do it out through Max Holloway. It's just insane. Um so I I, I I that that's like an all time great challenger performance from 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 my eyes like just absolutely incredible. Um, so props to Volk. Uh, both just had amazing year. 
Amazing year. Excited for 2020 for him. Hopefully he heals up soon. <clears throat> so, I don't think there's anything wrong with those picks. Uh, my runner-up, my runner-up, I suppose. Volkanovski Holloway was on my list. I, I Pretty much everything you said and then some. Just the fight wasn't too entertaining for me, so I dogged points. Uh, what can I say? Adesanya over Whitaker. I feel like that's probably the greatest Adesanya performance of the year. You know, the, the, the Gaslam fight was one of the best, but obviously he got hit a lot in that fight. And this fight was like a clean, almost Anderson Silva-esque run-through of a very, very quality opponent. This one may be more personal, but I have Tony Ferguson over Donald Cerrone, and here's why. It's easy to forget that like a month or two before that fight, we were worried if Tony Ferguson was even okay. Like, never mind fighting okay, but just like okay in life. Yeah, uh, the UFC wanted to do Poirier versus Ferguson. He turned that down. And then he, like, was gone. And then we heard reports of, you know, uh, personal issues, medical issues. And then he just reemerged, like, a month later to take a fight on short notice against Donald Cerrone, who was kind of on a hot streak. And he just absolutely demolished him. So that one was on there. Maybe that's a little more personal than just pure fight performance. But for me, it was a, it was a combination of both. Um, my performance of the year, I have Henry Cejudo over Marlon Moraes. I, I think that if you combine all of the aspects of that fight, Cejudo going up in weight, the quality of the opponent, the stakes in that fight, uh, for me, it's the performance of the year. Technically, you know, I, I respect if you have a more technical choice. Personally, I understand why. But I think this was, to me, it was the one performance. If you ask me to name one performance that stood out from 2019, this was it. Getting wiped out in the first round has a tremendous recovery in the second round. Uh, you know, you would have known it going into that first round, going to the going into the second round. But it was like Cejudo just sucked the momentum away, and he did it basically just by as the Cool did on our post fight. Just he, he was just not going to be outwilled. The fight was going to happen on Cejudo's terms, and where Cejudo wanted it to be. And maybe that's not the most technical way to do it, but there was a lot of technique involved while also just kind of basically saying, you're going to fight where I want you to fight, and if you don't like it, you're going to have to do something about it. And then to finish the job, become a double champion, that's my performance of the year. So, uh, that, I will that, yeah, that was a, that was a scary-ass performance. Um, so, no, I, I can see it. I can see it. Um, right. Yeah, no, like, dude just decided, like, ha like, in the fourth minute of the first round after, like, getting his ass beat, he's like, you know what? This dude can't hurt me. I'm going to just go hard as fuck. When I noticed that large head getting hit, but he wasn't, like, dropping, I was like, oh. Oh, uh, no. All these years I've been hyping up Marais is about to go off the window. <laughs> and I, the window. I, no, Cole and I talked about this. And we all talked about this on when we did the that, – that was such an awesome card anyways. But that podcast where we talked about after the fight where it's 1-1 and uh, Mark Henry is talking to Marlon Marais like it's 3 nothing, and he needs him to step up because they could, they could like sense that the spirit was gone. And he's like, your mom cleaned floors for you to take, like, for you to fight. You're just going to, like, lose it now. And it's, like, the third round. But that's what Cejudo was doing. And to me, that's, like, when you can beat a guy but also almost take their, you take their spirit away from them, that's a special performance to me. So, Henry Cejudo, Marlon Moraes. 
Respectable. I like it. I think we all have good choices. I like no, it. No, and, and I, I, like, I think Anarchal gave way more credence to Volkanovski Holloway than I ever could have in terms of just the way he accurately broke that bad boy down. All right. Moving right along. Award number six. The Darren Elkins Award. <laughs> A.K.A. The Comeback Win of the Year. Uh, Joey, I'll let you do uh, back-to-back. Who, who you have, uh, who, who's getting the Darren Elkins Award? So we'll start with who should have gotten it but can't get it. Because it wasn't an officially legal fight. So full, full, <laughs> fullest credit to Stokes, uh, uh, the fourth man, the fourth horseman in this bad boy. Uh, he suggested this, and I have to give it to him. It makes sense. BJ Penn. <laughs> hold on. Hold on now. Hold on now. As he asked, should BJ Penn be in the running for comeback of the year, given the fact that he was KO'd in the street and then recovered and had mount and ground the pound on the guy to get the third round stoppage in, inside of the restaurant? So I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Hey, man. Stokes, I know you're not here, but we're going to pencil you in for that award, and we're just going to make that like your choice. It makes sense. You think about it. BJ uh, was laid out, and then he recovered. (laughs) (laughs) He got a late, you know, like, sometimes when Herb Dean's the ref, he lets it go a little while, and BJ recovered. I want to know, like, what was this, like, what was the sequence going through everybody's head when BJ got up and went back to go fight? Well, that makes sense. (laughs) I wonder, like, did he, like, envision the octagon and he heard, like, an imaginary crowd? Like, <laughs> he heard his coaches talking to him. He just had to get up and go do it. It's the worst. It's the worst, uh-huh. darkest conversation. <laughs> it's definitely not the darkest conversation we've ever True. Yeah. The doughy guy just turned into GSP in his mind. It was just time to get the revenge. <laughs> Oh, this man. was a rough year for comebacks. There were not a lot of really good ones to me. Uh, Anthony Pettis over Steven Thompson is one of my runner-ups. I put Yar Rosenstreich over Alice Overeem. How did I not think of that? I, I put I put Rosenstreich over Overeem just because like it wasn't like a last minute, a last second comeback should always be on the list. But that was like four rounds of two guys doing nothing, and then so don't really give much credence to that. Uh, my, we're going to double up. We're also going to double up on Cejudo because my comeback of the year is Cejudo over Marais. Got the, got pasted in the first round and then basically outwilled the dude over the next two rounds for the title win. That's my pick. But realistically, mm-hmm. it's BJ Penn because there's no one else that compares. <laughs> God, you know what? Now that you say Cejudo and that makes complete sense, I feel really dumb about my pick. But I got this was just a really like to me. There was no like there was no Darren Elkins. Yeah, yeah. Darren Elkins was even Darren Elkins this year. That's true. true. Yeah, he yeah he couldn't come back against Volk. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, and Ryan Hall hit was, him like thirty spin kicks. That was the meanest yeah. fight I think a UFC matchmaker's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> he got mugged. Like it was, he got brutally mugged, yeah, it, like that, and like Petter Yaw and Uriah Faber are dick matchmaking. <laughs> that should be an award next year. Dick move. <laughs> I, I, if I'm here next year, we have to have a dick move of the year for somebody just doing something really mean. For well, fun. dick move of the year for like in the cage stuff, but like oh yeah, we double dick matchmaking of the year. <laughs> like yeah, why'd you send him out there to get just 
Why do you do that to him? He has a family. <laughs> people that care about him. <laughs> he has a family award. But he... <laughs> there we go. I love the, it. The, the, has... the note, seriously, what the fuck award? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. But, um... Alright, Darren Elkins award. Um, kind of piggybacking on what was already said. Not the greatest year really in terms of comebacks there weren't a lot that immediately even came to my head but uh, my runner-ups were uh Jarzinho Rosenstruck versus Overeem um over in Bellator uh Peter Quilly versus Ryan Scope um uh Jing Jing Nan uh Jing yeah Jing Jing Nan did I say that right I'm I'm sorry guys it's 11 30 at night I'm, I'm dying over here <laughs> Jing Jing Nan <laughs> versus Angela Lee um and steep a versus dc uh with my runner-ups uh my winner for comeback of the year uh i'm gonna give to eddie alvarez versus edward foliang um got his leg i don't know what happened i don't know if he i don't think he broke it but the man took a kick and had to sit down like like literally had to take a seat <laughs> and Considering just what happened to Eddie already in one, like he came over, he lost his first fight, ended up being a, a alternate, I'm not an alternate, um, an injury happened, so he got a chance to, you know, kind of have his shot at redemption, comes out in this fight, starts off losing, it's looking like it's about to be a repeat of his first fight, and we're all about to be sad again, gets his leg buckled, and then ends up turning the fight around and wins via rear naked choke uh, in the first round, so... I'm going to give Eddie Alvarez my Darren Elkins uh, comeback win of the year. You can go, Joy. For what? Uh, for next. Oh, upset, upset of the year? Yeah. Comeback. I did my comeback already. Oh. He did his already. Oh, did you? <laughs> God, it, I am dying. What was it? Yeah, no, we're what, all wait, what was yours, Joy? I forget. It's the Huda Marais. All right, it was the Marais. All right. So... Oh, I'm I'm remembering things now. Okay, uh, Overeem Rosenstrike was a runner-up. So Huda Marais was a runner-up. I completely forgot about the Eddie Alvarez fight where you just had the one leg for some reason. Um, but I'm gonna throw that as a runner-up. I'm surprised neither one of you mentioned it. DC versus Miocic. Oh, that was a, I had a runner-up. Yeah, there we go. See? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, uh, DC. Uh, he hurt. He hurt Stipe several times throughout the first like three rounds of that fight, and then apparently they had been working on it in training camp, and Stipe forgot about it for four rounds. But he decides <laughs> to go to the body, the body of the man who freaking had to give up on his dream of being an Olympic wrestler or competing in the Olympics because his weight cut was so bad. That his body shut down. God, this sport is dumb. That's a good contender, <laughs> by the way, for defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Mm, yeah, you were almost there. And then Cormier just got really tired. Like, why did it take 20 fucking fights for somebody to actually just hit DC to the gut? It's actually worse than that, because Anderson Silva did it, like, once and hurt him. And Josh Barnett did it, like, once and hurt him. And then everybody else just kind of forgot. Yeah, well, they were too busy getting tossed on their head. It, it, this sport's so weird, but that—that's—that's that, that's one of my comeback. That's the, my top comeback of the year. 
Which, by the way, like nothing irritates me more, and I'm I'm so afraid Yoel Romero is going to do it when a guy doesn't wrestle for like seven years and then just decides like I have to start wrestling again, and then they go back to the corner and they're like, why am I so tired? Because you just started <laughs> wrestling again out of nowhere. Dude, I really hope that. Uh, Yo Romero just does the same shit that he did against Robert Whittaker, where he just doesn't fight for two rounds. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, I have to go. Oh, so, so, D, yeah, so DC Stipe, that's, that's your winner? Yes. Okay. I wish I had Not a bad choice. That. That's a great one. Yeah, not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. All right, moving along. Number seven. We're almost getting to the, uh, the fun categories. Uh, this might be like the last kind of. Oh no, I've got a couple more serious ones. But moving along, uh, upset of the year. Uh, Joey, you kick this one off. I had a really hard time with this one, and of the ones that we were talking about, like this was the one I cared the least about, just because I like I, if you follow like MMA odds, it's hard to keep track of what's an upset and what isn't. Uh, my runner-ups were Volk over Holloway, Joe Lozon against Jonathan Pierce. And mm. my winner was Uriah Faber over Ricky Simone, because at the time I think Uriah Faber was like a uh, like a plus six hundred underdog, which is pretty hefty odds. So I went with the, what, the fight that made the most sense with the biggest odds was mine. So Faber. Not over I actually Simone. completely forgot about that. That fight. Probably because I like Simone, so I didn't want to see it. So probably a reason. I was literally trying to think of a fight that that had like because some fights have ridiculous odds and then they have to be the upset of the year and this was the only one that came close. Mm. Right. That's respectable. Antaku, what you what you got for this one? Um, I got two because I'm a cheater. Um, one is the one that makes me sad. Uh, Kai Asakura knocking out my boy Kyoji Horiguchi. I know it pains me too. And then he just he has the nerve to turn around and get knocked out by Manel Cave. Absolute nope. garbage. Hold the odds for that. Well, if you want to know, Kai Sakura didn't even get a title fight. It wasn't even a title fight. It was oh. supposed to be a walkover. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to look at the actual odds because I could be wrong here. It's probably hot. Go on, continue. Um, but that that was my um, MMA upset of the year. And then my boxing upset of the year is probably everybody's boxing upset of the year. AJ Ruiz won. Um, as someone who had seen Ruiz box before and thought he was... I thought he'd beat Parker. But I also thought he didn't do himself any favors. I did not expect him to come out and just start throwing once um, AJ, you know, decided to chase him into the pocket to get that finish after knocking him down. Um, but the dude, dude was slick in the pocket, um, was slipping punches, missing, and then made him pay with that left hook to the head, to the temple that he never recovered from. Um, I, I we've talked about. AJ and Wilder on this podcast before and how it's not it, like it's weird to call them losing an upset because it doesn't feel like they're very they're better than their competition it's just heavyweight but 
I don't think anybody expected Ruiz to come in on short notice and, and upset uh, AJ the way he did. So uh, that's my upside of the year. I, I, I could have, uh, I didn't go boxing, otherwise I would have been there. I cannot find his eyes. I'll say for, uh, for me, for upset of the year, I'm not really an odds person, even though I'm pretty sure some of these if, fights mentioned probably did have some wild odds. So I, I just went by like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I didn't find odds, but I did find the topology predictions page that had 338 predictions. You want to know what percentage picked? Uh, Asakura? I, like one. Ooh, ooh, we should, uh, three. It is one percent. Damn. Mm. And I ruined my own thing because Kama Worthy over Dominic Smith was apparently like a big odds difference, too. So there we go. All right. There you go. Yes, yeah. I didn't do mine based on odds. Mine was just kind of shock factor. Like, oh, he he won, but he, he shouldn't have won. That. Gotcha. No, no, that's probably how you should Glitch. do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, glitch in the Matrix. Uh, my runner-up for upset of the year were uh, Tristan Connolly over uh, Michelle Pereira. Uh, uh, upset that I don't even know if a lot of people know about. Uh, Christina Brewer over Urena Bars. Well, that's not um, upset. It's a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they gave her the win, so... Ugh. But, yeah, that one, that, that was the thing that happened. Um, I listed this as, a, as an honorable mention, even though I don't really consider this much of an upset. But Timothy uh, Natchukin over Eddie Alvarez. Um, I wasn't actually really shocked that Eddie lost, but I still just threw it on the list. Uh, my last runner-up was uh, Anthony Ruiz, of course, over Anthony Joshua. But like the anti-cool, my winner for upset of the year, uh, Kai Asakura over Kyoji Horiguchi. Horiguchi, post-UFC, has been knocking people out, cruising, just living his best life, winning championships, just having the time of his life being being the man and Kai Asakura just wrecked him. Uh, knowing what we know in hindsight, I like I, I probably wouldn't pick it as like upside of the year. Um Yeah with the injuries. Yeah. And, that yeah that's some yeah. straight up bullshit on Ryzen's part. Yeah. But but in the moment when it happened Yeah, no in the moment it was It was like bruh. Like when I saw that and I was like at work. I was distraught, like. And then when I saw the footage, like, no. I just would have got up and left. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't real. Like, no, I don't accept this. Like, like you remember, like in the Matrix, when Neo found out he was the one, and they tried to shoot him, he just said no. Like that's that's what I wanted to do. Like at the screen, like no, like no, this is it's not real. Alternate reality. But uh. Yeah, just based based on that, uh, Kyle Sakura over Kyoji Horiguchi uh, is going to be upset of the year for me, um, and I will uh, I'll double back and lead into the next one. So I'm actually proud of myself that I thought of this award because I feel like the older fighters deserve love too. I wanted to give them an award that they could be recognized for. Uh, so the next award is the Get Off My Lawn Award. Uh, this award uh, goes to uh, an elderly fighter, uh, quote-unquote, whatever is elderly in your book is up to your discretion. Uh, elderly fighter, who I would say is still putting on solid fights against younger competition. Doesn't mean they have to be like undefeated or they're winning every fight, but they're winning some. They're, they're winning more than I guess you would think they are, and they're doing better than maybe they're getting credit for. Just The older fighters who are still out here just... You know, every now and again, reminding the youngins that uh, 
You know, you can't come on the salon and just, you know, kick my grass around them. <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get out of here. Uh, so my runner-ups for the Get Off My Lawn Award uh, were Melvin Manhoof, who was quietly like three and zero this year, uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, and Damian Maya. But my winner, my favorite old person in sports, it's Glover Teixeira, man. This man was extremely disrespected by Ian Kudalaba. Got him off the lawn. Had to go through a lot to kick him off the lawn. Um, like, Kudalaba got in the house and beat him up a little bit. Um, <laughs> he got like, in the back. Yeah, like, he kicked in the door. And he, he beat him up a little bit. But Glover got him out of there eventually. He had to work for it. But um, that fight and uh, guy was the other guy he fought. Um, Carl Roberson? Yes. Yeah. And I, I gave it to him because, like, he... We've kind of seen Glover. I mean, he's still a pretty crafty fighter, but you can see the slowdown. He, he he's kind of had to adjust his style a little bit because he's he's just not as fast, not as. I mean, and he came into the UFC still on like the older side, but we've kind of seen him slowly. You know, he's not the same Glover, and he's fighting like these young, athletic, you know, really strong kind of, you know guys that are definitely faster than him and i kind of like how he's just how his skill set is still allowing him to get wins because he's still compared to a lot of other 205ers regardless of age he's still very well-rounded so you might be able to lump him up and you know you can put a beating on him but the man is still really tough still got some old man strength and if he can get you down to the ground he's pretty good there um so I was impressed, man. Old man Glover still out here kicking young dudes off the lawn, even though they're being disrespectful. Um, so the Get Off My Lawn Award, I'm going to give to Glover Teixeira. All right, all right. Um, well, Glover's in my honorable mentions. Um, I, I couldn't quite give it to him just because uh, Carl Robinson and uh, Jan Kutalaba. Um, Nikita Krylov, don't forget him as well. well mm, mm. Now you know who my fighter of the year is. But go on, my old man of the year. <laughs> but um, I also had Jim Miller. Um, I also had uh, Shogun. Because he is one win and one draw this year. <laughs> and I don't know how. Um I also had Damian Maya on my list. He's like 42 years old, went 3-0. and um, But ultimately, I gave it to Pacquiao. Um, it, it came down to Maya and Pacquiao, and well, I think Thurman is, I don't know if shot's the right word, like physically, like, I think it's still, thir- uh, b- between all their opponents, I think Thurman was like the biggest, like, oh, he presents the most amount of problems for the uh, for the old man holding down the fort uh, for the lawn, I guess. Um, like Lyman Good was a stylistic layup. Ben Askren was Ben Askren, uh, whatever that's worth. <laughs> and, and like I, I'd say, like, his toughest fight was Anthony Rocco Martin. So 
Be- between the who's a guy who has struggled with people who can take him down in the past, uh, lightweight. So it, it, when it came down to it, I, I had to go with Pacquiao against Keith Thurman, even though we all know that Pacquiao was on like all the drugs for that fight. Jesus, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't. We can't. We can't run the barbecue fight league if we got to pay off legal expenses because you're out here. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Do, do you? Are you going to say that he's not on the drugs? I'm not going to say he is or he isn't. I'm just not going to say anything that's going to get a. It's going to get the barbecue fight league in trouble. Uh, I'm just going to say I don't care. <laughs> there you go. You got that guy right there. Just throwing that out there. Fucking when Pacquiao's like 50 pounds heavier. And just completely out of money because he's financing half of the Philippines. He's going to be in the barbecue fight league. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. Him and Ricardo Mayorga. Yeah. We're going to have... Uh, what's his name again? Um, shit. Margarito. Antonio Margarito. Uh, all right, so I guess it's my go? Yes. All right, well, you guys named most of the guys I have on my runner-ups. Pacquiao, obviously, Damian Maya. I had Cup Swanson. Uh, pretty good performance against Shane Burgos, even though he lost, and beat Cron Gracie, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, my old, mm, I forgot about him. My old dude, Glover Teixeira, man. Uh, steps up, Carl Roberson got in line, jumped the line at uh, Kroger. Glover was coming to get some uh, whatever. What do, what do older gentlemen eat? Viagra. I don't think I want to think of Glover Tech on Viagra right now, but uh, he, was coming hey, to get he was coming to get some word of his original, and Roberson hopped the line. He put it back in his place. Kutelaba was littering. Glover told him to pick it up. He threw it on his lawn. That started the scuffle. Glover wins there. And then Krylov. Uh, what, what did... What did <laughs> Glover found his Al Capone nickname insensitive and, and put it on him. <laughs> so... Glover. Glover's my old man of the year. The ni- also the nicest fighter of the year. He wins both awards, double awards. There we Yay. go. I like it. I like it. Recognize the elder states and elder states women of, uh, of combat. Oh, yeah. How, well, how old is that now? Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to see how old Roxanne Montefiore is. 30, 37. So, yeah. Hmm. So I guess she could be the female... Get off my lawn. You know what? Yeah, had I thought about it, I would have put her as an honorable mention. She kind of slipped my mind. All right, moving on. This might have been one of the hardest categories for me. Um, Young Padawan Award, aka Prospect of the Year. Um, so just for the listener snake, uh, listener snake sake, uh, I did kind of change the rules on this one because, like, we've talked about this many a times. The finding a prospect in MMA is really, really hard. Um, so I made the rule set. Uh, <laughs> originally, it was a fighter under 25, eight, uh, under either 25 years or younger. But I realized most of the people I wanted to nominate were like 26, so I changed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so 26 years or younger, younger uh, who impressed us the most this year and who uh, we expect uh, big things from next year. And the stipulation I put is that the fighter cannot be a champion of a major organization. But I'm going to be honest, like, because prospect is so hard to define, I don't really care what your answer is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, 
it's when I was researching this, I was realizing like I don't really, I still don't know what like what a prospect is. Like this is really hard to answer. Um, so my criteria for me, what I tried to kind of narrow it down to, um, I tried it here by the age, uh, even though I, I went up a year for some of these people. Um, so I tried to go by age 26 or younger. I more so tried to do them, make it as prospect in terms of they're a newer face, um, newer face and somebody who's not too high in the rankings. But even with that, I still kind of because some prospects come in to whatever organization and they might they might shoot up to the top really quick. So it it was really hard to define this. Um, but I don't know when you see the names I've listed, it might kind of give you somewhat of an idea uh, of what I was going for. But this was actually really hard for me. Um, I'm, I'm honestly contemplating cheating and doing two. But you know what? Nope. I'm gonna stick firm with what I got. But I have a, a firm number two who was number one up until like four o'clock today. Um, but my runner-ups for uh, the Young Pad One Award, aka Prospect of the Year, uh, KSW Saladin Parnasi, um, UFC's Brianna Van Buren, uh, Bellator's Patrick Mix, uh, Glory Kickboxing's uh, Abraham Vidalez. Uh, and Bellator's AJ McKee, who I forgot is still, like, crazy young, even though he's, like, in a tournament, and will probably be fighting for a belt, uh, really soon. Uh, Patrick Mix was my number one until about four o'clock today, <laughs> um, but my prospect of the year I'm gonna give to one championship, Stamp Fairtex. Um, and I'm kinda cheating, but kinda not. Because I said that she can't be a champion, and she is a champion in one under kickboxing and Muay Thai, but she's not a champion in yeah, MMA. Yeah, she's a double champion. She, yeah, she's a double champion kickboxing and Muay Thai. But in MMA, she's just, uh, what, 3-0, 4-0? Uh, I think she's 4-0 now. 4-0, but she's fought three times this year. Um, This was really, really hard. I, I was bouncing back and forth between her and Mix. Um... And I think the only reason I, I gave Stamp the edge is because her... And you could probably make this the opposite argument for Mix, is that for Stamp, like, her striking pedigree is so good. But even in her MMA fights thus far, like, she's shown that she's a, a well-rounded <coughs> fighter. Like, obviously, on the feet, she's a, she's a problem. She gets you in the clinch. You're getting kneed up. She's a great striker. Obviously, her Muay Thai has, has translated pretty well over to MMA. Um, but I was impressed that in, in pretty much most of her fights, she's found herself on the ground and has either found a way to get up or even in some of her wins, because she, um, she has a submission win. So to me, and she's only 22? She's, yeah, she's crazy young. Yeah, she is crazy young. And to be that young and that talented, like, she might be a star for one. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm not even gonna say Mike. She's gonna be a star over there, like that kind of talent. She she's she she has no choice but to go upward. Um, she's gonna be fighting Angela Lee, likes of like an Angela Lee or Jing Jing Nan. Like those fights are gonna happen at some point. She's that good. Um, I uh, I wanted to give it the mix so bad. Um, I, I was really impressed with Mix. I, I kind of felt the same way about Mix that, that I did about Stamp, is that I think Bellator might have a, 
might have a potential like star on their hands, especially in that division where that belt is kind of just wide open now. Um, he literally might creep his way up there just choking people out. Um, but I gave her the stamp just because I think her overall skill set is a bit more well-rounded. As for mixes, you know, not saying his striking is bad, but we know the jiu-jitsu is the bread and butter. Like, that's where his, that's where the money's being made. He's grabbing a hold of you, and he, if he gets a hold of you, you're probably getting choked out some kind of way. Um, but Stan Fairtex, 3-0 and this year in MMA, also a Muay Thai and kickboxing champion. Talent is through the roof. Um, and at only, like, at that young of age, at 22, to be that talented, um, I had to give her my Young Padawan Award uh, for Prospect of the Year. <clears throat> All right. Solid, solid. Um, I, well, I have a lot of the same people um, on my list that you did. Uh, Patchy Mix is a runner-up. Um, uh, Nazrat Hackpress. Uh, is uh, as an honorable mention, um, and as Edmund Shabazian, 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 mm, yeah, yeah, forgot about him. Yeah, he, he's he's my number two, um, but topping my list is uh, I and I might have picked him last year. Um, actually, now I think about it, is uh, AJ McKee Jr. Um, he's, he's like twenty four years old. 16-0, had a crazy great year where he beat the he beat a former champion in Bellator, just absolutely freaking destroyed Georgie Karakanyan in like less than a, a 10 seconds, and then goes out and has um, a really good performance against Darren Cop, Derek Campos. Um, he's going to be fighting for that title next year, um, probably. He has to get through. I don't even remember who was on. I don't even know what the bracket looks like anymore. Uh, the, the Bellator seems content to just let the guys pick who they want to fight. Um, but um, I'm expecting, you know, a huge 2020 from uh, from Mickey Jr. Um, if he doesn't get blackout drunk before he fights Patricia Pitbull and just, you know, squanders it because he does that a lot, apparently. Um, so yeah, like, Bellator, uh, I think it's really noticeable that, like, we both have, like, guys who are, two guys who are Bellator fighters on this list, because Bellator, in recent times, has been the home of, like, Fedor versus Frank Mir, and Josh Barnett versus Roy Nelson, too. <laughs> I mean, they're still doing that. I, I mean, they're still doing it, but, like, it, it's good that we're getting not that also. Right. Like, it's like, oh, here's a guy to get excited about. Oh, here's another guy to get excited about. And they're interesting, they're potential interesting matchups for them. So, I'm yeah, happy. I'm just, I'm just... Uh, Joy, who, who's your young Padawan? So, this is actually kind of funny. Uh, as was previously discussed, there was a criteria for young <laughs> Padawan, and then it was changed. <laughs> And I never went back to change my thing. I, I'm sticking with who I've got anyways. But, uh, Patrick Mix was on my list, and then it was like, oh, 25. Well, he's like 26, so he's off the list. Had I known, he would have been back on the list. Uh, Edmund Shabazian was mentioned, and I think he's got a pretty bright future. But I guess for me, I don't know if he's even the top middleweight 
prospect for the UFC. Like, I, I really do like Punahele Soriano a lot. I think he's got a pretty bright future. Arnold Allen is on my list. I mean, he, uh, he he's kind of fallen by the wayside, but he had a pretty solid 2019. Macy Barber is on my list as the runner-up. My my winner is the same guys last year for me, Nasrat Hakparast. I I really think he's got championship potential, and I'm so excited to see this Dober fight. And I think if he gets by Drew Dober, he's going to speed up those rankings pretty quickly. That's my dude, Nasrat. Yep. I got. Hey man, man, little Gaspum has been. Uh... I, I mean, I'm 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 all in. Dude, dude, as a style meant for winning fights. Like combined with high level athleticism. Yeah, he he he's gonna be a problem. <clears throat> Oof. All right. Yeah. And this is the uh last kind of serious award before we get to the uh <laughs> B- before we get to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, award number ten. Breakout fighter of the year. Um, I didn't really define this, so I guess I'll just leave this open to interpretation. To you know, I'll leave it to you guys' explanation. Uh, what do you think a breakout fighter of the year is? Uh, Joey, I'll let you kick this. One. Uh, okay. Um. All right. Breakout fighter of the year for me. I've got some weird ones. I kind of didn't know what this meant, so I just kind of, which is weird because Jorge Masvidal is my fighter of the year, and he probably could have been my breakout fighter of the year. Uh, runner up. Uh, Emiliano Sordi. Uh, hey. I've told this story before. He was literally signed to the Contender Series because they wanted to try to do some international expansion. Like, uh, I think Sean Shelby literally said in his hype video, you know, we are going to more South American countries, and he's from South America. Whoa. And he's, and he's big. Whoa. So, what's up? Uh, um, I have the Jesse Hart, uh, Joseph Jr. fight in the background, and I don't know who this is in the crowd, but they now have like twenty security guards out there. Stop! Like, and they split up the crowd. They haven't even read the decision yet. Oh. Two dudes was just Boy. fighting in the crowd. What are you doing, Adrian? Boxing Bowman? has been cra- boxing has been crazy. Did you see the guy? I don't mean to deter. Did you? Um, I, ca- I caught the undercard of the Munguia uh fight, and a guy had a seizure after he oh, won. God. Uh. Yeah. and then like he he ended up being fine, but like that was I've never seen that before. Ooh. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. No, that's spooky. Yeah, so sorry for cutting you off. But... No, no, that's like you just, uh, maybe you're going to, uh, something cool could happen. Glad we got it. Glad we heard it. So Emiliano Sordi was signed to the, the contender series just because he was a big guy from a foreign country. Uh, got wiped out by Ryan Spann, who also could have been a breakout fighter of the year. Ryan Spann, the PFL, was probably signed to fight Vinny Mago, yes, just because of the, you know, the connections there. Beats Vinny Magalhaes, winds up winning a million dollars in the PFL million dollar tournament. A true success story. Uh, so he's my he's on the list. Jeff Neal, no surprise. Gilbert Burns went from middling uh, 155er to genuine top 15 ish welterweight. And my breakout fighter of the year though, Jair Rosenstreich. Anybody who goes from out of the organization to fighting in the main event on ESPN deserves to be in the breakout fighter of the year category. Deserves to be the breakout fighter of the year, so that's my dude. He went 4-0 this year. That's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, like, again, he went from prelim guy. He went from outside the UFC to prelim guy to KOing Alistair Overeem on ESPN. 
<clears throat> now the dude's a, su- a superstar in his own country. Um, where's he from? Sir, is he from? He's from Suriname. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say Tunisia, but that's way off. Yeah. All right, so I so said you want to go next, or did you go and I forgot? Uh, I'll go. Actually, I'm gonna go because I'm gonna steal some of your honorable mentions because this this is a category that I for some reason I was blanking out on this. Um, my honorable mentions I'll steal some of yours. Uh, Jeff Neal, who I forgot to list, but he's definitely an honorable mention. Uh, Jeff Neal was an honorable mention. Uh, Whaley Zhang was an honorable mention. Totally forgot her. Whoops. Um, <laughs> the disrespect. I know. I feel bad. Uh. Jarzinho Rosenstruck, honorable mention. Uh, I don't know if he makes sense as an honorable mention or if I should have put him on the list, but I also had Israel Adesanya. Um, but doesn't matter because my breakout fight of the year is Jorge Masvidal. Um, for the fact that, kind of like we've said about him before, the whole, like if you've been in the know about Masvidal, like, you know, like, he's just been around the fight game for a long time, man. This dude has been been out here just putting in work, you know, had some big fights in Force. never, unfortunately, like, got the title. Managed to always just kind of keep himself relevant and in conversations, but he finally, I feel like this year, like, everything just kind of aligned, like, kind of like we spoke uh, off air. He he won the big fights that he needed to, and it was just he did everything at the right place at the right time, and against I think the right people. Um, it was just like a perfect storm, like everything just kind of aligned for him, and it just felt like his status just. I think out of a, a lot of other fighters who may have even might have even had like better years on paper than him. I feel like his status just elevated. Like, he went from just kind of, oh, obviously a really solid, still, like, top-level fighter, but I always felt like he was a guy during his career who never really got, like, his his just due, which maybe could somewhat be on his part because there are probably fights that he's probably lost that I think he probably should have won due to him. Just sometimes he would coast during fights, but that's another issue another time. But, um. No, everything just aligned for him this year. And he was able to seize the moments. He lived up to all the big moments he needed to. And him just, that knee of Askren just kind of took him over the top. Like, I was seeing people who didn't, who don't follow MMA that closely knew who he was after that. Like, he was starting to become a name. Like, I could come to work and they'd be like, oh, did you see the Masvidal fight? Like, people who didn't normally watch MMA knew who he was. Um... So I'm going to give Jorge Masvidal my breakout fighter of the year. All right, all right. So we're, uh, uh, oh, no, you didn't go yet. All right, so if, I, I got to go do something real quick. I'll be right back. It's not going to take too long. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm plow ahead. Plow on ahead. It is midnight and I am dying. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a bunch of runner-ups here. This is actually kind of, like, interesting. Um Someone who might have been on this list but kept coming up short uh, was Maria Rodriguez, who, mm. for whatever reason, just could not hold it together for 15 minutes to win whole fights uh, outside of the Tisha Torres fight. Um, you know, so she she was an honorable mention. Um, 
up at heavyweight, we got Augusto Sakai, who's an honorable mention, just freaking went from the Bellator prelims to beating Andre Orlovsky. Um So he's an honorable mention. Um, Jared Cannonier is an honorable mention. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to do ranked. Uh, at number three, I have Paulo Costa. Uh, got that big win over Yoel Romero, but is at three because I don't think he won that fight. Sue me. Um, at number two, I have. Um, the heck is that? Sorry. Um, at number two, I have Jorginho Rosenstrike. Um, Joey was talking about earlier. Four and zero. Oh. Went from fighting on the prelims and not being in the organization at the beginning of the year to freaking KOing Alistair Overeem and being 4-0. And, like, I think he won all his fights in the UFC by knockout, right? I think so. And now he's a big fight mm-hmm. coming up with Nganu. Um, So, you know, props. Um, that, that That's what you want out of your heavyweights. You want them to come in and make a big statement real quick. Um, kind of like Ngannou did. Um, but my number one overall is uh, Wei Li Zhang. Uh, hey. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't completely unheralded, but like, you know, beating Danielle Taylor and uh, uh, very old Jessica Aguilar, that's probably not the the resume you want at the beginning of the year if you want a title shot, but she goes out there, she dominates Tisha Torres, and then she gets rid of Jessica Andrade in less than a minute in front of her home crowd uh, in China to become the first Asian-based um, fighter to ever win the title. Like, what, what more can you ask for? Um, so, Wei Li Zhang's my breakout fighter of the year. Lose to the Jang gang. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey. What's up? Your turn. What the breakout fight of the year? It went. Yes, I did mine. Oh, no, I'm, oh, no, I'm pulling an anti cool. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh. Sorry. I'm pulling oh, an anti cool. No, a... Play for everyone here. Yeah. <laughs> we all get one. I had to walk my dog. That's it. Let's go. Pan all right. Off. All right. So we can, uh, it's getting a little late, but we'll. Get through these next couple. These are kind of the the ones where we get to talk a little smack. I don't want to down talk anybody too much, but hey, man. It's, I'm about to down talk the shit out of somebody, so. <laughs> All right, man. 11th award of the day. I hate to give this one out, man. But somebody's got to get it. Ass whipping of the year. I feel like I should have more than I do. I I, I know for a fact that I'm missing a ton. But my runner-ups, because these are the like the first couple that came to mind. I feel like I should have way more runner-ups than I do. But my runner-ups, uh, for Ass Women of the Year, Whaley Jang <laughs> over Jessica Andrade. Uh, and one that literally happened the last day of the year, uh, Tenshin Nasukawa <laughs> versus Rui Ibada. Um, but my number one Ass Women of the Year. And I almost didn't do this because it was uncomfortable to watch. Uh, but it's gotta go to Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford. Um, Lord, um, Cornerman, save your people, man. 
Like, Thomas Gifford was just out here getting abused in every way imaginable. Just every punch Mike Davis wanted to throw, every punch, every uppercut, every kick, just if it was a video game, every button he pressed on the controller worked. Like, he did all the, con he went through the whole command list in the practice mode and did every combo, every special move, and landed all of them. And Thomas Gifford was just out here just it, it it got to the point where at first it was like, oh, this is a great performance from Davis. And then by like the second round, I'm like, oh, this is, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Like, I feel like I'm an accessory <laughs> to like a crime. Like <clears throat> this man is legally getting murdered and his corner is not saving him. Um, Mike Davis beat the life, the souls, the the everything, the essence, the, the humanity, just, he beat everything out of, like, Gifford will never be the same after this fight. I imagine he just beat 10 years off that man's career. Um, it's one of the most uncomfortable fights I've ever watched. But, it was super one-sided, it's one of the most one-sided fights I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, ass whipping of the year, I hate to do it, but Mike Davis, uh, beating the bricks off of Thomas Gifford. So, my ass whooping of the year, I, I think it's very predictable. But it goes to Usman Covington. Mm. Yeah. Because fuck Covington. <laughs> there, there is, like, it's, it's basically just summed up in there's no more, there's nothing in the MMA that's been more poetic in in 2019 than seeing that motherfucker get his jaw broken so that it had to be wired shut. And then watching him run out of the cage. Uh, it, it's, that's one of the fastest runs I've ever seen. He really did front super fast. Right. And that was the most satisfying moment of 2019 to me. And I, I, it's not quite the ass slipping that, um, for example, Holloway Ortega was um, last year, but th th this is a different type of ass slipping. This is karmic. This is the universe giving you what you put into it. Um, so, for that reason alone, uh, Usman Covington, that's my pick. What you got, Joey? <clears throat> so, I kind of cheated on these honorable mentions. Two of these. Jorge Masvidal's everything. Just about everything in 2019 was an asshole thing from him. <laughs> Kayla Harrison's everything. Just about everything she did in the PFL was an ass whooping. Jan Blahovich against Luke Rockhold for the aforementioned reasons. Uh, and Ben Saunders against Matt Brown, which Oof. is an uncomfortable Yikes. ass whooping, but one nonetheless. And my top one, I, I'm with Sensei, Mike Davis, Thomas Gifford. That, that was just unnecessary. Sometimes you have a performance that's just unnecessary. That fight was just 
just un- unnecessary. And and shame on corners for not stopping fights early. Yeah. Protect your guys. Protect your guys or stop. Do something else. Yeah. But I can see Covington who's not right. as well, by the way. For a different reason. Yeah. Different kind of ass whooping. Yeah, that was a, a life ass whipping. Just you know what I you know whip you know what I'll move on that could <laughs> I could could elaborate on you, that. You guys know me. I try to be the nice guy, not kicking everybody when they're down. So no, he didn't have to knock Kobe down. He ran. That's a different so. different situation. Entirely. A police chase that <laughs> someone once once told <laughs> That was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great episode. Alright, moving on, man. We're almost out of here. We only got a few more awards to go, man. Alright, next award. <laughs> the Womp Womp Award. Hate to do it to somebody, man. Disappointment of the year. Um, I'll, I'll kick this one off. It, it was really hard for me to give this award out. Cause I'm, I'll preface this by saying the person I'm giving this award to, um, I'm still gonna, I, I still consider myself a fan of them. And I want to believe that they're going to do better. But I have to be honest, what they've shown me in 2019, and to be honest, in 2018 also, um, it has been very flat and uninspiring to watch. Uh, my Womp Womp Award is just going to go to Darian Caldwell, like, in general. Mm. Just His fights this year have, even the ones he's won, because he beat, um, was it Henry Corrales? But he, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. His fights this year, really dating back to 2018, regardless of if he's won or lost, they have been some of the most uninspiring performances that I've seen. For somebody who is as talented as he is, like, his fights are just a drag to watch, man. Like, a lot of people complain about laying prey when I think they shouldn't. But these were literally just, I'm going to take you down and hold you. And I'm not going to do anything. I'm not really going to inflict damage. Just going to take you down and hold you. And I'm like, this can't be the same guy who I watched ragdoll uh, Joe Warren around like a little kid. Like, wherever that fire was that I saw in the beginning of his Bellator career, it has faded and i don't know what went wrong i don't know you could blame it on the competition getting tougher i don't know what it is but he has just flat out not been fun to watch and it it is the the horiguchi fights were just awful like awful just awful awful um hate to do it to him man i'm still a fan of the guy I still think he's really talented, but my God, he's got to do better. I don't want to see this Darian Caldwell in 2020. Um, but 2019, Womp Womp Award for Disappointment of the Year. Just Darian Caldwell's entire 2019, to me, is just a Womp Womp. Just, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> womp Womp. Um, uh, this... 
this was a little difficult because um, there's so much to pick from because the sport's nothing but one giant disappointment. <laughs> a lot of womp womps. <laughs> but, uh, you know, mine is going to be the scorecards for Santos versus Jones. Mm. I'm with it. There we I'm go. Not, I'm there not we arguing go. about it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. There, there <laughs> I, I just... Let me say this real quick. I hate that we don't acknowledge that Santos won that fight. I'm going to say it. Why do we just skip over like we're not going to act like... Even if you scored it for Jones, why do we act like that fight was not like razor close? Why I don't, did everybody I don't, just kind of skip I, over that and we just kind of... I don't think anybody wants to acknowledge that a fucking dude... A dude with a hammer on his chest won. It, like, it requires... This is bad. They, they can't acknowledge that... The the middle of the pack middleweight is now the actual light heavyweight champion. Light heavyweight champion. You can't do that. You can't be the legal champion. Y'all are terrible. Terrible fans out there, man. But carry on, sir. I ain't gonna interrupt. Yeah. So yeah, no, that that's it. That's it. Santos is champion. Fuck the scorecards. I think it makes it worse because we would all have to sit there and go, the greatest fighter of all time lost to a dude with a torn ACL in both legs. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like the sport. But I was just saying, like, nobody wants yeah. to sit and have that conversation. Right. Yeah, everybody's in denial. It's fine, though. Y'all will learn one day. Like, if we look at all the greats in this sport, they've all lost to, like, what was it? Oh, they lost to Cokehead. Uh, GSP lost to Sarah. Like, GSP lost to basically the dude who's, like, at behind the freaking uh, the counter at any pizzeria in, like, a Long Island. Like, that's <laughs> who he lost to. Like, come on. He got knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. I've never been more hurt watching that fight. Took something out of me that I don't think I ever got back. And, and like even after GSP won the rematch, I think I was still just. <laughs> and you know, Anderson Silva got knocked out by um the guy who works in the back of the pizza shop. Exactly the the the, the driver. <laughs> the muscle. <laughs> a, a man with nine different neck surgeries, like. This sport's weird. Yeah. Also, he broke his leg. Oh, God, I'm losing my mind. Uh, but point being, this sport's weird, and we can all acknowledge that Diego Santos is champ. I see. Yeah, so who is your womp womp? So I feel bad because I actually put thought into mine, whereas everyone else is just kind of like... <laughs> I'm dead serious. But I was too. Wow, okay. Oh, man. Uh, so my runner-up. I put Henry Cejudo in the flyweight division just because it seems like we're starting 2020 the way we started 2019 with a champion who does like with a bunch of people who don't want to be in the division. You know, it's like a company retreat where you have to go, but nobody really wants to be there. Uh, you remember the UFC fighter retreat where Cyborg slapped Angela? <laughs> was that the same one or a different one where Tito and Matt Matriano almost had a fist fight? 
Was she, I don't think Tito was in the UFC at this point. Oh, okay, well, because they, they've done, like, three, and each one there's been at least one fight. It's like you stuff, like, 300 fighters into one, like, building or... No, it's not happened. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there was, like, an open bar or two. Uh, anyways, my disappointment, my womp womp, Conor McGregor. Uh, it's weird to kind of go back in history, but Conor McGregor kind of ended 2019 or ended 2018 kind of like in the right of the Khabib. Like nobody was a true baby face in the Khabib Conor feud, but he was the guy who got jumped and beat up and kind of didn't escalate it any further and then just sort of disappeared. So it's was like, okay, well, Conor is kind of like arrows pointing up in the public perception and Khabib's arrows kind of pointing down and Khabib has done everything in 2019 to, like, better his image with people. I mean, he still has his slip-ups in his moments, but he, he's, he's definitely come out of 2019 better than he left it, or better than he entered it. Um, I could not tell you off the top of my head the number of legal issues Conor McGregor got into in 2019. Um, the phone incident, and then there was, like, some other speeding incident, and then there is the still kind of up-in-the-air sexual sexual assault, sexual harassment issue that issues, he's some, issues that he's somehow fighting yeah, with. Yeah, plural. Uh, baby mama dramas. Um, everything that could have gone wrong in 2019 seemed to go wrong. And the fact that he didn't, like, and then just professionally, he didn't fight. He apparently had issues over money. He apparently pulled out of the Gaethje agreement they might have had, so... 2019 bad year for Conor McGregor in and out of the cage. I kind of don't have. I don't have any expectations for him in 2020, but there's a chance he could, you know, right the ship professionally, but personally, a lot of work needs to be done. Somebody, as I said, I think on my on last year's recap, somebody's got to tell this guy no, at some point. So. Oh my god. Connor, you disappointing me. Just weird. Mm. Yeah. It this it, it's a bummer. It, Just because well, he has like you know Well like it, it, it's pretty clear that there's no one in his life who tells him no. Right. At this point. Like this is like but you have his coach basically out here saying, Yeah, I'm I I'm paid to be his cheerleader. He, he's like hiring DJs to run like the music for his camp. Like, I saw a, a clip of him hitting pads the other day or earlier. It might have been today, like that he put out, and it was like there's a DJ in the background playing music as he's like just you know going about hitting um the big circle pad, and like he gets done. Everybody in the room stops what they're doing to like clap and cheer for him as the round ends. And then they go back to doing whatever the hell they're doing in the background. And it's not like, like we joked about like the Mark Hutt and like all the, all the Australian dudes, like, you know, cheering them on to it. It's not like that. It's like, no, motherfuckers, you sit there and you clap for me. It's not, we're here to cheer you on through this camp. It's like, you're all paid to do a job. Now do it. Make me feel good about myself. He, he is definitely in not a good place right now. Yeah, like, but that's a, like, you know what? If he was a single dude who wasn't in a good place and just kind of like 
uh, a problem on his own. That's one thing. But this is this is the father of. Uh, I think he has like two kids now. So figure it out, man. Figure it out. Sort it out. Yeah. Well, the way you sort that type of stuff out is when you're at rock bottom, and that's all. He, that's all he said he wanted. That's the crazy. That's that's the crazy thing. Like he said he wanted to burn out fast, and yeah, he said as much. He is on that trajectory right now. Just unfortunate. It really is unfortunate from a professional and a personal level. Just a bummer. Oh, oh, yeah, but, oh I do have one more real quick. Oh. It, it's super duper short. Uh, I just remembered it now on the list. Middleweight's going up to light heavyweight. Weidman, Jacare, Rockhold. <laughs> you're all making me look dumb. Yeah, no. No, they yeah, all did. Everybody can't beat Tiago. No, they all did it late. That's their fault. We were right. We were right. That is true. I refuse to be wrong. We were yelling, we were yelling at them three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Life happens fast. Fucking, you can't have like twelve different spinal surgeries and like have all your joints be put held together with tape and like uh, gorilla goo and expect to move up and wait and just be able to take a punch all of a sudden. I'm sorry. Chris and Luke. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> almost out of here. We got two more awards. Well, the last one isn't technically an award. It's kind of an opinion thing. But, all right, so technically this is the last award. Uh, the Don't Do That Award. Uh, this goes to something we don't want to see in combat sports in 2020. And you know what? I got to give you guys props for our little pre-show banner. Um, my, my original choice for the Don't Do That Award was, uh, just gonna be, like, gimmicks in general. And then the Antakul reminded me of Henry Cejudo coming out in a magician's outfit. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then, then I went. No. He came out in a <laughs> king magician outfit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went and rewatched the video and I was like, you know what? I guess this can stay there. <laughs> It's it's cringy, but he's not hurting anybody. He's not being like overly offensive. He's just being very cringy. But hey, man, hey, whatever. <laughs> That's your thing. Have at it, man. Have at it. I, I'm I'm all about people having fun, enjoying themselves. If that's what you got to do, whatever. So. That's not going to win for me. That was originally my choice, but you guys swayed me right before the I'm show. sorry, but did, am I remembering right where he was like, I don't believe in magic, and he threw the hat to the ground. He's like, you're Yeah. But um, my don't do that award is going to go. It's not to anybody in specific, but it kind of is. But it's just to anybody who does this. Um, in 2020, can we stop with the call-outs? Um, specifically of MMA fighters calling out like very high-level boxers. I don't want to hear that you want to fight Canelo Alvarez. I don't care. You won't beat him. He's going to kill you. Um, I don't want to hear that you want to fight Floyd, that you want to fight Manny that you want to fight anybody on a top 10, 15, 20 boxing list. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I know why you're doing it, and I completely understand. Trying to get paid. I get it. I'm not mad at you. And if you pull it off, you know, 
more power to you. But don't win your MMA fight and tell me that you're you can take Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez will box your face off. And he will beat everybody in your entire gym in the boxing like, match. Jorge Masvidal, you got outboxed by Wonder Boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Masvidal, I love you, man, but you, you're not beating Canelo, bro. I know you want to get paid, and I'm not mad at you. Get paid however you need to. Y'all, just stop, stop it, cut it out, cut out. None of you are beating any top boxers. Now, if you want to go over to boxing and work your way up, I'm all for that. All we'll for make- that. Tyrone Spong was out here. You know, he's been... I don't really know what he's doing, so I probably shouldn't use him in his hey, name. He's busy getting arrested for housing cougars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he probably yeah, I probably shouldn't have said him. Well, before that, he didn't go right in the box and just fighting, like, you know, big names. He had to do his little, you know, come up. And then he was supposed to fight Usyk, right? Yes. And then, you know... Life happened. Yeah, wild animals but, happened, that happened to belong to yeah. him. <laughs> Cougar got out. But, you know, at least he... <laughs> at least he... But pre, pre-Usik, even though the fight didn't happen, he built his way up. He didn't come out the gate just fighting, you know, big names. Just, now I'm imagining the phone call where he's like, listen, <laughs> don't freak out. But my Cougar got <laughs> But... Yeah, man, just in 2020, man, if you're an MMA fighter, stop. Just stop it. Just stop it. You're not beating any high-level boxers, and I don't want to hear about it. So my don't do that award is just to any MMA fighters calling out high-level boxers, just don't do that in 2020. Uh, just don't. Uh, I, I actually have a runner-up. Um, K1, Ryzen, Standoff. You know, give mm. the people what they want, you, you, you sons of bitches. Like, we, we want Takaru. We want tension. We want it now, damn it. Sick of this shit. <laughs> Wholeheartedly agree. Um, so that's my runner-up. Uh, I don't know. Um, promoters... And, you know, is, can, can we can we stop with all the just the, the like I, I get it it's fighting there are shitty people like you can't throw a stone without hitting one of them but can we stop booking these people for fights I don't want to hear about Rumble Johnson coming back to the UFC sorry I don't I don't want to see Greg Hardy on my TV screen I, I don't want a complete media blackout for Conor McGregor. Just so you can cash out on him while he's in the middle of two different rape investigations. It's uh it's gross. It is just gross. So like freaking it took BJ getting beat up on camera by a non MMA fighter for Dana White to be like, Yeah, no, we're we're not booking him anymore. Despite the fact this dude has like a a, a freaking restraining order on him by his ex girlfriend and an zero eight record and some dude with a scythe apparently apparently he tried to go after uh, a man with a farming instrument. Well, I figure that's just Hawaii. I see. You 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 defend your land with scythes. 
And don't talk bad about the comeback KO or the comeback of the year either. I'm not. It's just that that's the tipping point. When your dude gets embarrassed on camera, not when he's out here doing all this terrible shit in the street. Like, uh, it's gross. Also, stop freaking giving Cody uh, Kobe coming to the microphone. That that's 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 uh, that's media. That's promotion. That's Kobe Covington's parents. Like just, just take his phone away. Is that just what we're take doing? his phone away. That's what we're doing. Okay. Stop paying his bills. I see. <laughs> yeah, that that that's yeah. Stop elevating the worst people for us to offer. Go 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 celebrate. Uh, Izzy, and his love of like anime or whatever. And Weili Zhang, who's just like incredibly charming. I don't know. Oh, now I remember why that popped into my head. Mr. Bone popped into my head, and I had to remember what that was. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that she's taking English classes. Like, I, I, I love her trying to speak English, like just sweet, like shit on Instagram, and just it makes like very little sense. I appreciate the hustle. I, I, I get why she's doing it. It's just that I, I'm going to miss Mr. Bones. <laughs> Mr. Bones, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm with it. All right. So who hasn't done their uh, Don't Do That award for... Me. Uh, so the first thing I have is arrests for my runner-ups. Like, let's have a little less of those. Mm. Uh, a little less fight marination. If there's a big fight, just do it. Like I, I kind of feel like Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder were really hurt by the fact that we got like five in-between fights. They should have just done the rematch. So less marination. I don't think it works anymore. Uh, if two guys are going to fight, just have them fight. I'm alone on this. I'll die on this hill. Less tournaments. I'm so tired of tournaments. They never pan out the way that they're supposed to. And by the time you get to the finals, nobody cares. And my top thing... Uh, don't do that. Weird, dumb crossover fights. No more Alberto Del Rio, Tito Ortiz. Boo. No, no more. I'm sorry. No more CM Punk style gimmicks. Uh, Jake Hagar, I don't think that's working out in Bellator. No, none of that. No more of that. I'm already hearing Tyson Fury talk and Clarissa Shields talk and just no. Like, no and no Floyd. No Floyd anymore. Like, Let's just stick to MMA and let boxing stick to boxing. And let's just put this away. Put this to bed. No more gimmicks. No more gimmick fights. It, they, they don't work anymore. And unless you have Floyd and Connor, you're not going to pull anything off. Khabib and Floyd is not a big fight. So, no. No, no, no. No more, no more of that. No, no. So, What's up? On, on that note, did you hear that Bare Knuckle FC managed to snap up an Olympic bronze medalist in Nico Hernandez. I did, and I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> now we got to move on. <laughs> if we're going to have gimmick fights, I want to go back to the days where MMA fighters are fighting on pirate boats. I'm with it. That's with the it. type of gimmick we need. I don't need, I don't need crossovers. I, yeah, I, was like, I just don't. 
I'll even take the fights in the fields with the knights at this point over. Yeah. Like we we don't there need Clarissa know. Shields against Amanda Nunes, but doesn't it does nothing for nobody. I, I wanna say um you know I wanna say triangle fights. Put up the triangle cage. Shouts to um Dada five thousand. Throw up the triangle cage and just have people fighting that. You said triangle fights, and my first thought was like a three-way fight. And they, they they got team kickboxing now. They do, <laughs> and they have like real fight, like real high-level fighters doing it in Russia. So it's amazing. Not interested. Yeah, that's that's the funny. only the only gimmick <laughs> fight I want to see is Brock against like these flyweights. That's it. It is Brock Lesnar versus mm. Dustin Ortiz, Brandon Moreno. John, Lin- John Lineker might knock him oh, out. Oh, I would tell him. Lineker's not a flyweight. He can't make that weight anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, Brock Lineker yeah, comes in right. overweight for his Brock Lesnar <laughs> fight. <laughs> and Brock's just, oh, Brock's just the kind of asshole to not take that fight. And just be like, nah, I'm not fucking fighting him. He came in two pounds over. I'm 265 on the dot. He's 137. He's going to negotiate for like like 30% of his purse. (laughs) Oh, man. But all right, man. Let's get to this last last category. Uh, Not an award, but more so, uh, I guess, an opinion. Um, To close this show out, last uh, question. Who will no longer be champion by the end of 2020? Uh, Joey, let you kick this So kind of a weird question before we go into that. Did you look back or listen back to see who we had for 2018? I wanted... I I did not. I I wanted to and forgot. Anyways, so the first thing I did was I removed heavyweight. (laughs) Because that that title (laughs) changes hands every two weeks. So, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, I, 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 that's what I did for me. Would no, no. Like, for... I mean, no, no. I mean, no, no, I mean, that's what really, I get. What you mean? It's not fair. That, right. that, that's like an easy guess. Right. And so I just went where the competition is. Um, the depth at runner-up, I went with Henry Cejudo, uh, just because for the simple fact that there's so much competition at 135. There are so many different styles. So it's not like you can just beat up on one specific style. You have to fight Peter Yan, and then you have to fight Aljamain Sterling, and then you have Jose Aldo and Marlon Moraes obviously hanging out in there. So there's a lot of talent there. Um, after that, I went with Alexander Volkanovsky, just because I think Max Holloway still I think Max Holloway still has something to offer. And it'll be... Uh, these are the guys I felt kind of iffy on. So Holloway and, and uh, Volkanovsky and Cejudo. The one person I'm sure will not be champion at the end of 2020, I would go Wiley Zhang. Not because she's not good, but just because the top of 115 is so loaded and so deep. If she beats Joanna, she's going to have to fight the winner of Andrade against Rhodes. And then you have Tatiana Suarez hanging out in the back end. And then who knows if this is finally going to be the year where Alexa Grasso has her big run. There's just so much talent there. So to me, the only champion who I feel 100% confident not being champion at the end of the year is Wiley Zhang. Hmm. Go ahead. Right. Shang gang. 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 I like her. I like her a lot. It's just a tough division, man. Um. Hmm. Well, I, I think I'm on record as saying 
John Jones. Like I, I, I think it's imminent. I think it's coming. I think he's. I think we've slowly seen him get rid of a lot of the things that make him special. I think we're starting to see like, and I'm not like I'm not sure if it's a, a, a factor of like the divisions just getting like bigger and more athletic. Um, like Diego Santos is considerably bigger than some of the dudes Jones has fought in the past, um, especially like, earlier in his run, like Shogun or Rashad or Lieta Machida. Um, but like we're seeing guys start to hammer that, uh, you know, hammer their uh, away at his style, um, and like where like Jones is not the wrestler he used to be. Um, and he's becoming more of a more of a kickboxer. And well, I think he's a fine striker. He's not a particularly good one. I don't know if that's like controversial to say. Like. The, the brilliance of Jones' style has always been like his clinch work and his wrestling and how he's able to build that in uh, into a like, striking style that make that that makes people afraid to like strike with him. But like when that like when when Smith when Anthony Smith literally just bid down on his mouthpiece, looked to the ground and threw that overhand right, he connected on jo- on Jones like three or four times. The three or four times he did it. Right. Santos, like you said earlier, on two legs that don't work. That did not work. Like they're both they were both all torn up ligament wise. Managed to beat Jones if we're if I'm being if we're being real here. Like I think it's coming. I don't know if it's gonna be Dominic Reyes and I, I I would it wouldn't surprise me if it was Jan Blachowicz, to be honest with you. Um, what 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 about uh what about um uh, <coughs> Sensei's dude Vulcan? Don't you? Oh, uh, how about to say? Don't you say uh, Shogun? No, <laughs> we saw that. It, it would be <laughs> that would be. I don't know if how I'd react if I, if Shogun knocked out John Jones. I would. Quit this entire sport. <laughs> I would have to, I would have some phone calls. I would have like, to I, um, I, I like there's nothing be like there's nothing that could surpass that at that point, right? Like it's just that just be it. That'd be like this is the peak of the sport. We're gonna leave now. I'm thinking of Vulcan pulling this off and just struggling. Hey man, Vulcan with these hands out here. <laughs> like I I I give anybody who can navigate Jones's uh like teeps to the leg and who is a willing capable boxer um a, a decent shot against him nowadays cuz like he is less and less reliant on um that re- that that wrestling and clinch game and I'm not sh- um uh I don't know if either one of you have read the uh breakdowns that the fight site has been doing um, they put together a list of like the twenty best uh, fighters, uh, MMA fighters of all time, and they gave like detailed biographical like analysis of like their personal lives, their careers, and like their fighting styles. But one of the things that um, I think it was Ed Gallo pointed out 
was that Jones is really bad at closing the dis- like closing distance and to get to the clinch and to get to where like his takedowns are um, like really strong. He just does a good job of forcing everybody else to like close the distance for him. And it's the one thing that costs him against like Gus and against Santos is just like oh they don't really care about uh, well in Gus's case he had the long reach. So he didn't really have to close distance to tag Jones. And for Santos, it was just like he wanted to be on the outside. So it didn't really make a difference. So, like, that whole fight was contested at distance. And I've completely forgotten what my point is. But, like, I I, I, I see I, I see the cracks. And I'm, I think the rest of the division is starting to see the cracks. And I think it's inevitable. So 2020, I'm putting out that Jones is going to lose the title. I, I just need to see it. Like I need to see it to believe it. I don't think you're wrong. I just I, I need to see it happen. I wonder if Jones has the ability, if he's down like two zero, to kind of make a rally because he does not seem like a pressure fighter anymore or like a consistent pressure fighter. So I wonder if he, if he could, if he starts losing a fight, if he has it in him to dig deep and have that Gus style run where he just. He was like, okay, I lost these two. I'm going to get the rest back. Well, the judges just give him the decision. Like True. They did with True. This is, this is going to haunt us. Bastards. <laughs> a little rude, don't you think? <laughs> Jan Blachowicz. Well, I guess I got some hot takes. I'm just thinking about Jan Blachowicz beating John Jones. Like, I, don't even, I couldn't even fathom how that would happen. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what that looks like. and I. <laughs> it's nothing against Jan. But I'm like, do I, I don't know if I want that to be the guy. Like kicks, maybe? Like, I, he, I, I, man, I'm, now Anacol's got me thinking. But he is, like, he's long. He, he hits he hard. He can box. Yeah, he can box. Like Yeah, but I, I saw this guy taken down and controlled by Patrick Cummins. Yeah, but Jones isn't, like, actively really... Cummins is, like, actively going for these takedowns. Like, Jones is, like, just willing to just stand and trade. Oh, so that was after... Pretty much... Fucking Blahovich beat the shit out of him. Okay, fair. I don't know, man. I would just have like Corey Anderson. Okay. Could Corey Anderson pull it off or no? I mean, it would like it wouldn't. Sur- I'm, I'm not gonna say it wouldn't. It wouldn't be surprising, but like it's within the realm of possibility. Okay, let, let me flip it around for you real quick. Is it that you're high well, on everybody else at 205, or that no. you're just low on John? I am progressively getting lower on John as he turns into more of a kickboxer because I don't think he's very good at it. What do you think, Spencer? You gotta have a you gotta have a stance on this. You gotta you gotta come make a call here. I got, I got some hot takes for mine. Uh should I go two on a possible or just outright three? One of mine isn't in the UFC. One of mine's a belly. Sure show, Matt. Alright. I'm gonna go three. I didn't write this third one down but I've had it in the back of my mind. Um, so I got three people who I think are losing belts in 2020. And I'll preface this by saying I don't hate anybody on this list. I don't wish them a downfall. It's too late. Um, I just have sneaking suspicions. Um, and Bellator, I think somebody's going to catch Alima Lay McFarlane slipping. All right. I think she's going to Man, I got it, got it. Yeah, I think she's going to lose by the end of 2020. Um, like the Antaku, I have John Jones. I think he will lose by the end of 2020. Um, and I guess my, my hot take, 
uh, I think Khabib is going to lose by the end of 2020. In fact, if this Tony Ferguson fight happens, God willing, knock on wood, cardboard, say in all your prayers, um, lock down all the cords, like, <laughs> I think Khabib loses by the I, I'm more confident by the day that I think Tony is going to beat Khabib. Um, and if Tony doesn't get the job done, I don't think it's far-fetched. It, well, if the UFC stopped playing around and give Gaethje his title shot, I don't think it's far-fetched that Gaethje beats Habib either. I honestly think Gaethje is the best shot being Habib. I'm on the, I'm on the Ferguson bandwagon. I've been on it I think those. Long. Yeah, I think those two are the most dangerous. Tony, just because he's so... He's really unpredictable. He that man is just like I don't really know how you prepare for somebody like that. Um, and Habib has been a lot more willing to stand and trade, albeit like his boxing has gotten has gotten better. But I think there are certain people he might not really want to play with on the feet, and if he hangs around too long, he's gonna get cracked. Um, so for, for that, I'm going to say Habib might, I'm going to say, I think he'll drop it to Tony, but if not Tony, um, I, I think Gaethje will give him a lot of issues, and I could see Gaethje winning. Um, John Jones, for similar reasons that the Anti-Cool stated, I think, I think people are slowly kind of catching up to Jones. Um, I think, I think it's a mix of both. I think part of it is the division is getting better, and also part of it is Jones is kind of, his style has kind of changed. He's not just kind of taking dudes down and mauling them anymore. And I think the more that he's willing to just stand and have five-round kickboxing exchanges, he's bound to lose one of them. He's going to run into somebody who's either big and athletic and probably hits. Because John is not a, a power hitter. Like, John isn't one shot knocking dudes out, you know. He's going to run into somebody who hits way harder than he does, and he might find himself in some trouble. I don't think John will get flatlined, but I think we might see him. I think when he loses, he'll drop a five-round decision. I think he might he might give up some rounds that he maybe could have won, but because like he's not like he's not really a, a pressure fighter, he might give away some rounds that might end up being too close. And hopefully, they'll be more definitive than the Santos fight. But you know, I'll leave that alone. We beat that <laughs> to a pulp, but. <laughs> I think somebody's going to out-decision him because he's going to get too comfortable striking. And when you look back at the tape, he's going to be he's gonna be the one who ate the harder shots. Like, he's going to be the one who took the shots that kind of made you wince. Um, and Alima Leigh McFarlane, I just... I think there's just somebody's going to catch him. I, I don't really even have a, a name, even though... Uh, I can't remember old girl who... Joanna Vasquez. Yeah, she might be one. She, she, she's she going to be the be one. one. I, I think, I think she's yeah. going to beat the bricks off her, to be honest with you. Yeah. She, uh... I think McFarlane's good, but... I just... I think as soon as she runs into somebody who's just... Who has some athletic talent, and... Yeah, I think she's, she's going to have some problems. Um... Yeah, so I, I think all three of these people, uh, by the end of... 2020 will no longer have their belts. Not saying they might not be able to get them back, but I think I think those belts are changing hands. That's another thing about Jones that you just reminded me of. Actually, I don't um, I don't trust Wick, uh, uh, um, Winkle John. 
really good. That that gym seems to be a freaking mess right now. Um, did you did you see the shit that was uh, the Jones and uh, Diego were tweeting at one another or not tweeting? It's like they they were having like they were talking and like Diego's like Instagram comments. Dark energy. Freaking! Uh, he was healing his scars with my powers. Oh god! Like Jones is literally talking like a manipulative sociopath. Well, and, I mean, because uh, he's a manipulative sociopath, and Diego Sanchez is talking about how he was healing his scars with like his mental healing powers, so that he doesn't bleed as easily. Like, hey man, if he said it's working. <laughs> Who am I to quit? I'm really but, like, I'm really like, giving this Jones thing some thought now. No. Like, hey, hey, would not be the first time I'm wrong, but I mean, his his fights have gotten progressively what's the word more competitive. Yeah, they're getting like closer. I, I don't disagree, but like at the same time, like. I mean, I think it also and this is relates no... to him just becoming more conservative as a fighter overall. Like, let, let's guys okay, take I... opportunities against him, and he in turn takes less opportunities. Like, on the one hand, you're right. On the other hand, like, he also did leave the cage, like, needing help the last time we saw him fight. Truth, truth, truth. I think the only other thing that, and I'll give this to Jones because he's been winning up to this point the one thing i might give him credit for that maybe maybe he's just because i feel like he is the kind of guy who might just kind of feel uninspired like he's fighting people that don't really interest him so maybe he's just kind of like oh this is just kind of like another day at the office maybe i don't know I'm, i'm just trying to figure out something like he hasn't, he hasn't had like that, you know, like like the guts fight that was at least the first one. Cause God, that second one, that second fight was gonna be my disappointment of the year, but that fight was in like December of eighteen. I was like, ooh, our dad would have been, ooh. but um, he hasn't had like that guts war, like somebody who really, really, even though I would say Santos did, but you know, whatever, but <laughs> you know. He hasn't gotten like that wake up call. Like Gus came out on fire, like he was clearly ready to, you know, he brought all the smoke. And, and Jones was like really forced to kind of dig deep. And may, I don't know, maybe he needs somebody to bring one of those vintage performances out of him, but I don't know. It just feel like the gap. And I'm not saying not saying Jones is like about to be washed or he's about to be a bum. It just feel like the gap is it's getting it's slowly closing. A little. I think it's a fair it's conversation slowly, to have. Yeah. Seeing a little bit of small chinks in the armor are starting to crack off a little bit. It's just just some small chinks are starting to crack off. I just don't know how much of it is who he's fighting and versus just him being, I guess, bored or just more conservative. Or yeah, I, I think it's a mix. Of or them. I think comp. You know, yeah, I think he's uninterested. You like you see how he talks about some of these guys, and then like I do think he is one of those guys that. Regardless of how we feel about him, like I think he is kind of one of those guys that is really driven by competition. Like 
if he's not like super invested in it, then he just kind of like, yeah, just not saying he doesn't take it serious, but it's just kind of like, yeah, another day in the office, whatever, whatever. But you know, like with the Cormier fight, you saw like rivalry were invested. I hate this man, and we got like good performances out of that. And then he goes and fights Anthony Smith, and it's like, all right, it's Anthony Smith, like, eh, <laughs> like, whatever, let's fight, let's get this over with. And I, I think it is fair to also point out that John Jones has a lot of mileage on his body from non-fighting activities. Yeah. That too. That too. But, uh, we'll see. We'll see how oh, everybody went, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Boom. <laughs> that was it. Somehow we made it. We made it. It is now 1.06 a.m. <laughs> Shit. But that was uh, 2019 Dojo Talk Podcast Award Show. Hope you guys enjoyed. I think we had some, some good takes, some... Good commentary, a couple hot takes. I was on an island with my KO of the year, but I will die on that hill. Uh, I will roll and thunder you from that hill. I can't do a roll and thunder, but <laughs> <laughs> if I duck, I'm just going to sleep. I'm just sitting down. I'm <laughs> no legs coming up nowhere. <laughs> but no, I think I think we we gave everybody their uh, their just due. I think we had some pretty pretty well rounded answers. Um, so yeah, if you're listening. Feel free to let us know who you would have picked to win in uh, some of these categories. Love to hear from you. Uh, once again, these are our opinions, so don't get too salty about who we gave awards to and who we didn't. Um, or you can feel salty. I, I don't really care either way, but uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Joy, for joining us. Shout out to Stokes, who was uh, somewhere in California. Uh, I appreciate that Darren Elkins bit. That was a. Uh, I didn't think I'd have to talk about BJ Penn in this episode, but he finds his way. Life finds <laughs> a way. <laughs> yeah, he, he finds his way here. But no, nah, that that was funny though. That was funny. That was. That's the one thing BJ has done that you know what that that might be award worthy, maybe in the worst kind of way, but it was funny, so I'll take it. Um. Nah, man. That was our 2019 Dojo Talk Podcast Award Show. Uh, next week, we'll be back to normal format, you know, covering news and all that good stuff. We'll be back for this McGregor Cerrone card, which is pretty trash pay-per-view, but we'll get there when we get there. I'll be writing about it tonight. Get you guys excited for it. Hey, you, you have fun with that. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Just, just, not, that there aren't, not that there aren't good no, fights no, on the cool. card. Just, just on the thousand for, for I'm going to put on this fucking thing. Just right on yeah. it. For, for pay-per-view. No, it's, yeah. it's a, a lot of these cards Yikes. are weird. Weirdly put together. Yeah. Why is Maurice Green on the main card? This big man. Why? We'll just stop. Because you can ask a why of a lot on that He's card. a big, like, he's a big is... man. <laughs> why is a lot happening listen, on that card? Is the listen, fellas. Size matters, okay? Yeah. Like, I, I like Maurice Green. He's a knitter. He's a fellow knitter. Or, I, I, or... I feel like I've mentioned this before. I think they have, like, a if they can do it, they try to do one heavyweight. Like, one big guy on every card headlined under 170 or below. <laughs> and, and those are big people, yeah. I suppose. 
Realistically uh-huh. speaking, though, what would take its spot? I'm not quite sure. Um, Drew Dober versus Nazra Hack for us. You've got to be on ESPN, pal. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that when we get to it. That'll be uh, <laughs> next week's uh, shenanigans. Uh, but that's all we got, man. It's our award show. Got it. Two hours plus. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. We'll, we'll, we will be back. We've been pretty busy 2020. A lot of episodes. Um, but, man, that's all we got for today. So, as always, listen to this podcast, SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei and also on Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow uh, the Antaku on Twitter at GC Zeus. And Joey, give yourself a quick plug before we uh, roll out of here. Oh, damn, I forgot the name. Uh, Sports Sound Off. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are all spiraling. Yeah, it's, it's fine, man. Listen, guys, we're recording this. It is it is well, well past midnight. It is one ten. This is what we do for you guys. Uh, but about to cut this off so you can uh, go to sleep. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.